0: This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more
1: at slashandcast.net. Welcome to a new episode, ghouls and freaks. Today we're taking a treacherous trek into the town of television with three episodes from Star Trek The Next Generation. So set your phaser to stun and make it so, because it's time for frightful failures! Zach um so you're familiar with uh, the hit film franchise Night at the Museum right no no you haven't seen the first Night at the Museum no uh, surely you i mean come on you're you're a you're a big movie guy surely you've seen Night at the Museum
2: you know you've known me for a very long time yes so if you were really truly my compatriot you would know that I have an absolute, blood-packed hatred of Ben Stiller. Now, you would know that if you were truly someone that I could depend on. And all someone who knows all me Ben personally.
1: Stiller. All Ben Stiller. Every Ben Stiller role. Yes. You don't even like dodgeball? Never seen it. You have seen dodgeball. Don't fucking play me like this. Don't start the show like this and and earn my distrust so quickly right off the bat that you have that you're gonna lie to my face that you haven't seen dodgeball.
2: I have never. I haven't seen dodgeball. I haven't seen heavyweights. I haven't seen. There's something about Mary. I haven't seen. Uh,
1: Okay, so Along if you, came Polly. I okay, haven't so, seen
2: Mystery Men. I haven't right, seen on. the Ben Stiller show. To,
1: okay. So why hold on. Alright, first of all, if you haven't seen every Ben Stiller movie, then how do you know you hate Ben Stiller?
2: It's it has nothing my blood pact has nothing to do with his filmography. It's just What do you break into your house? You know I don't how how is this you act like this is the first time you know about this? You know that there is an issue here, and I don't like to talk about it.
1: Well, well, I think that you know we 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 have a lot of the. the listen, the, nothing is sacred on this show, buddy. And never seen Tropic to me. Thunder. It's me. Never seen Zoolander. Oh my God! Listen, it's me. You can tell me what happened with Ben Stiller between you and Ben Stiller. Hey, hey, Zach, never Zach. seen. Look, don't look, think at me, look at me twice. Never seen. You're just you've got IMDb pulled up now. Stop. <laughs> um, uh, ne- no,
2: no, never Zach. seen the Birthday Boys never okay, seen you just name naming...
1: it stop tell me what happened with ben stiller
2: never seen locked down currently in production never <laughs> okay. seen you well, is... halloween uh, uh, he is not in Hubie saying...
1: halloween okay just He's start orderly. the show then the we're done we'll just start the show you know show.
2: how orderly the guy the the connecting character he was in happy gilmore he I, was in, he yo, was in, and in, so you have seen and, Ben hey, Stiller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Frightful Failures. I'm your ghost host of the most, Zach Romero. Joining me here, as always, is your ghost host of the most, Tien Gagnol and... Hello. Ghoulies. It is a special debut of our spin-off podcast within a podcast. The good, the bad, ooh, and the frightful. Tien, myself, and a guest host will scour the endless library of pop culture to once and for all discuss the very best, the very worst, and the spine-tingliest elements that it has to offer. For this episode, you are led by your television taste testers, Tien, myself, and James from the Good Games Podcast. Well, hello, gentlemen. Yes, yes, yes. And so with all that said, we are going to dive in this very first episode into Uncharted Waters... Of Star Trek,
1: the next generation. Yeah, that's true. And and, and James is someone who knows quite a bit about ca- Star ca- Trek. I,
0: wait, 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 wait. I can't fucking believe you didn't say to boldly go where no one goes before. You said tiptoe into the unknown waters. What was that?
1: <laughs> Isn't that the intro? <laughs> that's not it. He says, he says, Captain's log. I'm going to dip my tippy toe into space this today. <laughs> that's not it. I swear to God, that was it. Lucio
2: Ball said the show has to start like that, right? That's not.
1: I believe so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then she said, "Captain, you got some splaining to do, Babaloo.
1: That's true. Ah. That's exactly. I believe that's. I know very little about Star Trek, but yes, James. James knows quite a bit from from what I can tell. I believe that he is the one who actually selected the three episodes. That uh, we're going to be discussing here very shortly: um, the good episode, the bad episode, and the spooky episode. So, uh, the I mean, before we
2: episode, that's a branding
1: thing. The fr- it is a branding <laughs> thing. That is very true. Um, but before we dive into said episodes, uh, I am very curious, James, if you could just tell us a little, like I know nothing at all, which I really don't, about Star Trek. Can you kind of give us a little background here?
0: I like I like that you've like set me up to be like the token nerd. I'm yeah. Like, hey, ex- explain Star Trek, and I'm gonna be like, well, Star the Trek- token
1: nerd, the Tolkien nerd. You're all the nerds. It's all right. Explain uh, yeah. Star
2: Trek before we dump the books out of your hand, nerd.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I feel like is about to happen. <laughs> tell so, us, yeah. uh, tell us about Gene Roddenberry, you fucking dork.
0: <laughs> so yeah, uh, obviously, original Star Trek was in the '60s. Whatever, uh, they were. Uh attempts to there Gene wanted to bring back uh Star Trek uh again uh in the late eighties. Um they were you know, they were doing uh movies from the original series and they wanted to kick up a new series and uh out came Star Trek the next generation. I mean that's 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 the long and short of it. I don't, it's not really, you know, he just wanted to make more Star Trek. He
1: just wanted to make so more. I, mean, uh, I mean, this is really like Truly, I'm not joking when I say explain like I'm five. I mean, so Gene Roddenberry is now dead, right? I'm not joking. Very. Okay, when did he die? <laughs> I don't
0: know why I said very.
2: Yeah, did you kill him, James? Is that what... Did you just admit to that?
1: <laughs> he told me the pitch meeting for that new Paramount Plus show, Picard, and I knew I had to put the guy in the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, no, he died... Well, wow. there's, there's actually, like, a fascinating... So, I think I've hinted or alluded to it before that, that Star Trek The Next Generation, the TV show, got off to a really, really rocky start. Um, first of all, it, it was not well-liked by fans because, you know um at the time the only other star trek that existed was the original series and fans wanted kirk and spock and all the characters they knew and loved and that's what also when star trek fans went to the movies that's who they were seeing in the movies so it was like what the fuck who are these assholes in star trek the next generation this isn't kirk this isn't spock like what is this this is dog shit um and to be fair it was kind of dog shit uh (laughs) there was basically a revolving door in the writer's room during season one uh there was like a power struggle between gene roddenberry and some of the producers and it, it, it there is a documentary called chaos on the bridge that is all about uh star trek the next generation season one and it's actually uh, uh narrated by william shatner randomly um but it, it's just chaos and uh, star trek the next generation season one uh it is just a disaster it's poorly written it's 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 bad um and it's kind of a miracle that it never got canceled and then slowly but surely that you know they got some stability in the writer's room they got some people in there who knew how to actually write some good stories and develop characters and slowly but surely we started writing the ship and eventually we had a pretty decent tv show on uh, or paramount had a pretty decent tv show on their hands eventually but you know it took a while to get there so and but that is
1: yeah, but uh, to 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 I guess circle back to the question. So, did Gene die before oh, Next Generation I, was finished? I, there? I realized I didn't even fucking answer your question. Um,
2: oh, I knew so- you didn't because you don't have an alibi to
0: cover what happened to Gene <laughs> in this time in this time frame. I got. I got some Star Trek bones in my closet. Uh, no. Um, so I, I alluded to the, uh, there was like a power struggle between Gene Roddenberry and some of the Paramount producers. So what had happened, what had happened was they started making the show, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Gene, uh, w- was not doing well health-wise at that point. I want to say he had a stroke and he, you know, he was not doing good. Uh, so, um. A note by his
1: bedside said, fuck Paramount.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there are And a then the bunch other note
1: by his bed said James
2: from Good Games podcast <laughs> written in blood. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Fuck you, Gene um, Roddenberry. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, no, so there's there was a bunch of people acting on Gene's behalf um who may or may not be uh, have been acting in his best interest. There were some people who just wanted to run the show for themselves and you know but they were you know running the show under the guise of like this is what gene would have wanted um so yeah it (laughs) so anyway gene died i want to say in 89 or 1990 which was uh unfortunately like season two or season three of next generation which was like right when that show was starting to get good so unfortunately gene never really lived to see that show be really really successful and like the cultural touchstone that it is now which is kind of unfortunate but you know he set the wheels in motion obviously we, i mean he set the wheels in motion with the original series but uh set the wheels in motion uh making this this reboot of sorts with the next generation
1: Mm, interesting. So Gene Roddenberry dies, and then this new Star Trek show gets good. What a coincidence! <laughs> Take that, Star Trek fans. Clearly, there's a
2: sacrifice had to be made in blood. Right. So I have so, to uh, say, I have to say, James, you've done as Tien already alluded to. You picked the episodes for this uh, this adventure, I and I want to and- I want to give you kudos for laying a precedence for the spin-off show in not taking the easy way out. And for the bad element of the show, just picking something from season one. Because you easily could have, but I don't think that's fair because the show's still getting its sea legs. When it's like seven or eight seasons in and it's shitting the bed, then it's a little bit of a different story.
0: Here's the thing though, Zach, you know me pretty well. You know I love like I love really, really bad movies. I love so bad it's good movies. And season one of Star Trek The Next Generation is not so bad it's good, it's just bad. It's boring, it's poorly written, the characters are awful, the everything's inconsistent. It's just bad. It's not even like, oh, I'm gonna watch this and it'll be entertaining and funny. Like, so I tried to pick an episode that is kind of notoriously goofy. And weird from the very last season of Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, which yeah, we'll get to that eventually. Um, and 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 Zach, I know you have some exposure mm-hmm. to Star Trek and Star Trek: The Next Generation. Tn, wh- what is your
1: exposure to
0: to Star Trek? Is this your first? Mm, I'll time tell watching? you
1: exactly what my exposure is to Star Trek as a whole. Um, the two new movies, the. Uh, the, the the Chris Pine movies seen mm-hmm. both of those, um, the Black Mirror episode, no, oh. um, I think like half of Wrath of Khan while I was drunk, uh, good okay, and like one episode of the Orville. That's it. By the way, real quick, a side note: the Orville is
0: fucking
2: great. Um. I would say yeah, of all yeah, of those yeah. examples, I think the Orville is probably the closest to next yeah. gen yeah, 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 that yeah, you've yeah, gotten yeah, yeah. to.
0: <laughs> the Orville, you're 100% right, Zach. The Orville is the most Star Trek thing uh, currently in production right now. No, none of CBS's or Paramount's uh, Star
1: Trek is. Oh, their is... Rick and Morty ripoff cartoon isn't isn't pure uh, Star Trek? Believe it or not, no. <laughs> is Orville even still going?
0: Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. I They were filming season three or four, or whatever season we're on, and then COVID happened, and then they were switched networks. They were on whatever the fuck, NBC, and then they got picked up by Hulu, and then COVID, and I, I don't know. It, I, apparently, it's still coming out, but there's, I don't know, problems. I don't
1: know. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, I think uh, the, no time but the present to go ahead and just jump into these episodes. So I think we're going to start... With the selection of the good episode now, correct? Yeah, sounds good to me. So, James,
0: this was this was the one that
2: you are uh, you were in charge of summarizing here. You get the you get the tasty ice cream, yummy yums. Yeah, uh, ooh, yum versus versus some of the the crosses that we have to bear, Uh,
0: fellas. This is. I think, my all-time favorite episode Ooh. of Star Trek The Next Generation. And the reason I say that is is it kind of just encapsulates what Star Trek is to me, at least. So, you know, in the opening crawl where Captain Picard says, you know, we're to boldly, or uh, encountering Star uh, strange new worlds and uh, strange new life forms i can't believe
1: i don't know the opening very uh, shameful this is all a yeah, sham yeah. you has been found sure out that's, uh, a, that is patrick stewart's fan. delivery in the intro of every episode he goes to boldly uh, oh, uh, uh to boldly uh, 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 something strange uh, life uh well fuck <laughs> uh
0: yeah so he's encountering strange new worlds uh, boldly going where no one has gone before and um so the premise of this episode is Well
2: wait, what is the name of the episode and what you know?
0: The right. episode is called Dharma. Um and I am sure fans of Star Trek the Next Generation are already familiar with this episode, but for those who are not, the, the the there is a uh sort of narrative conceit in Star Trek that all there there's, you know, there's all these various tons of alien races and the narrative conceit is they can all hear and understand each other because of this technology called the universal translator, which I think there's a throwaway line in Darmok to the universal translator, but they don't really explain what that is for, for new fans. So uh, sort of the, the the conceit is everyone can hear and understand each other and the audience can understand all these different alien races and everyone speaks in English. And, you know, we're just going to hand wave it away. Everyone has these universal translators. So the cons- the, the, um, the sort of premise of Darmok is what if the Enterprise encountered an alien species and the universal translator didn't fucking work? So they have to figure out how to communicate. So uh, the Enterprise is, uh, they detect the signal in space and it's like, oh, it's this intelligence and these aliens are called, I think they're called like the children of Tama. And, no one, and you know, six or seven other ships have encountered these people, and no one's been able to communicate with them. They're, they're just incomprehensible. So, like, Captain Picard's like, all right, we can figure this out. Here we go. So uh, episode opens, and, you know, they they give the setup, and then they're, you know, talking to these guys, and it's just like, oh, boy, they're just throwing out words, and, like, nobody can understand each other. And, and it's just like, hey, what the fuck are we doing here? We're just yelling at each other. So then all of the sudden... The captain of their ship and Captain Picard, who is the captain of the Enterprise in Star Trek The Next Generation, are both beamed down to the planet. Uh, and, you know, then it's like, oh, what the fuck just happened? They beamed our captain down. What, What is this? Are, are they going to fight each other? Like, what, what's happening here? Like, we got to get our captain back. And then their, their ship is, like, blocking the Enterprise transporter beam. So they can't just transport the captain back. And they're in this, like, weird standoff where it's like, oh, God, well, we can't just fire on them because that would could be perceived as an act of war and we don't want to start war with this species we don't understand but at the same time we got to get our fucking captain back um so down on the planet's surface uh captain picard and the other captain are uh you know they're 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 kind of beamed down with nothing and the other captain has like some weapons and he's like offering captain picard a weapon and captain picard picard's like i don't i don't fucking want that knife i don't want to fight i don't want to fight you i don't want you know i want peace not violence and the guy's like dude you you know the other captain is clearly trying to get picard to take this knife and picard wants none of it so you know night falls and um they're they're still struggling to communicate and uh all of a sudden you know they it it becomes known that there is, like, some monster on this planet. And so, you know, they're, they're trying to work together. And, and you know, meanwhile, it, the other thing that's nice about this episode is it gives the entire cast something to do. You know, <laughs> some people have more important things to do than others, but, um, you know, Captain Picard is clearly down on the planet, but, you know, uh, number one, uh, uh, Commander Riker is basically the acting captain in the episode, and he's trying to figure out how to get Picard back without starting a war. So he sends, like, uh, Wharf in a shuttlecraft, but, you know, uh, the shuttlecraft isn't successful. They shoot the shuttlecraft just perfectly, so it turns the shuttlecraft back, but not, you know, doesn't harm anyone. And, uh, like, Data and Geordi, who's, like, the chief engineer, Data is, like, the science officer. Uh, Data and Geordi are... Uh, trying to work on some way to like cheat the the transporter blocker that the other ship has and also data and troy are trying to figure out how to communicate and they're like doing all this research on um all, all on the words that they hear so anyway uh back down on the planet uh this beast comes out and starts attacking the other captain but you know right before then picard makes uh this realization oh my god you know, we can't understand their words, but the way they communicate is just memes. They just <laughs> communicate in memes. Uh
2: show was very ahead so, of its time.
0: Right. <laughs> the problem is we don't know any of their alien memes, and so we can't, you know, you have to figure out what the alien memes mean. So Picard figures out a few things. He's You know, there's like Temba, his arms wide, means like to give or to take. And then, like, Shaka, when the walls fell, is like, you fucked up, like, uh, it's, you know, it's hopeless, despair. Then there's a couple other, and, you know, the title of the episode, this guy just keeps repeating Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. And Captain Picard's like, I don't know what the fuck a Darmok is, what the fuck is a Tanagra, I don't know, man, I don't know what this is. So he finally figures out that Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra are, and, and, and Data and Troy, like, simultaneously figure this out through their research, it's, he's making reference, it's like, uh, he's making reference to this, this ancient meme where two great warriors meet separately, they meet uh, on this island, they encounter uh, a mutual enemy, and they defeat the enemy mutually, and then, you know, they become friends. Uh, and that's what this guy wanted to set up. He's like, hey, we can't understand each other, but maybe if we both have a shared foe, And, you know, we go through these trials together, we'll come out uh, on the other end being friends. Well, unfortunately, that's not what fucking happens. The other captain is killed by this monster. And, you know, uh, back on the Enterprise, tensions are rising, you know. The other ship is shot at the shuttlecraft, and, you know, uh, the life signs of the enemy captain are draining, and Captain Picard's in trouble, and it's like, hey, we've exhausted our fucking options here. We're gonna start shooting at this other ship. And Captain Card runs in just, you know, just at the nick of time. And somehow off camera, he's become an alien meme lord. And he's just spitting all the memes back at the other ship. And, you know, he calms the situation down. And, uh, you know, uh, he's like, hey, sorry, your captain died. But he sacrificed his life so that we can understand each other. And, you know, we learn to communicate a little bit. And that is kind of the summary of the episode. Which, um, if you think about it, For too long, kind of the premise of the episode starts to break down immediately because, like, how do the children of Tama, who only communicate memes, like, how do they, like, scientific equations and mathematical, like, how do they communicate that to each other if it's all memes? Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. But anyway, it's a great episode and it's kind of what Star Trek is all about to me, anyway.
2: And and as an aside, the memes that they're saying, the reason why it's not just like, oh, it's just another language, I don't know what to tell you, is they're speaking in English but it's just connected phrases that don't really mean anything to us. So that's what's really right. sort of intriguing about it. Is if, if if it was just bleep, bloop, blah, bloop, they would just be like, I don't know what to fucking tell you. But the fact that there's yeah. like words and things that kind of sort of connect, but don't really make sense with what's going on, I think that's what's really engaging about it. And I think it was a good choice yeah. to have it not just be like, it's a completely made up language. To have it be kind yeah. of, like if they were speaking in Klingon, you'd just be like, I don't yes. know, they're just making angry noise at each other but the The, fact that the stupid
0: stupid universal translator is technically working but like the universal translator can't translate the memes
1: yeah and that was that was i think the first note i had about this episode was that it genuinely was surprising to me i was going into this episode with only the the netflix description of what the episode was which was a language that uh, is not in the universal translator so i was expecting like
0: <laughs> and
1: the fact that it was like and his arms wide i'm like okay interesting but you know i i you know at, by the end of the episode i was on board with that and i i Liked it overall but yeah well um so thank you for the summary james now um so as the the person here that does have the least uh experience with star trek um i can sort of give a little bit of you know kick off our discussion here so first and foremost it is really kind of weird and surreal to go into a show that does have such like iconic and long-lasting phrases and quotes and 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 characters that have really permeated pop culture and to just see and experience them within the context of this show for the first time so for instance opening the show and hearing captain's log i'm like ah there it is and that prompted the question like is that how every episode starts i learned no that that's not true we'll we'll get to that i guess but um, it's mostly true it does make Uh, me wonder like how long is the captain's log? And secondary question: How long is the captain's hog?
0: That I was gonna say. Are you making like an innuendo right now? Is mm-hmm. that yeah, <laughs> yeah? The captain's log's just got to be the most outrageous. If if every fucking episode of you know nearly every episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation is in the captain's log, it's just got to be the most fucking outrageous list of like ah like. Today, uh, Data decided that uh, he wanted to grow a beard and, you know, like, just like weird, just like the dumbest episode premises are all in the captain's log, uh, along with like the, you know, good episodes. There's a lot of real stupid premises to that. Uh,
1: hang on, isn't this actually sincerely the, sh- the series where they established the idea that has been firmly beaten into the ground that like an evil version of you has a goatee? Isn't that Star Trek? Yes, that is Star Trek. And I, uh,
0: ironically, I want to say... Let me do some quick math in my head. Yes, Star Trek The Next Generation is the only Star Trek TV series that does not ha- feature an episode involving like the evil Mirror Universe. But that's a thing in original series, DS9... I, I, ooh, maybe... I can't remember Voyager. But Enterprise, uh, the new sh- shitty c- c- CBS also has Mirror Universe... So yeah, it's, uh, you're right. It was the only one that was too good for that
2: shit. Right,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, not even too good for that shit, because it's like, oh, we don't want to, you know, recycle stuff from the original series. Uh, uh, This is the most mind-blowing thing to me, and this shows you how shitty we, uh, we made reference earlier to how awful season one of Next Gen was. Episode fucking number two! of Star Trek The Next Generation. The writers already ran out of ideas. Episode number two is a recycled premise from original series. Just like scene for scene is the exact same, like it it blows my mind. They ran out of steam already. They
2: just borrow one. They get one. They get like, all right, we're going
0: to reboot Star Trek. So exciting. What are we going to do? I'm out of ideas already. Just I had one good idea and we're done.
2: (laughs) Just yes. Anded their way into a whole season. Uh, no, when when I watched this episode, uh, well, first of all, uh, j- speaking of memes, the the Picard saying uh, Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra lived in my brain because of like the Picard song. Like, yes. So like, yes. as an internet meme, <laughs> that stu- that I yes. knew that when he said that, but I was like, oh, I now I have context for it. Darmok and Jalad
1: and
0: yeah, pseudo-ironically, that phrase itself is now a meme, yeah.
2: But the in watching this episode, what I took away from it was, oh, this is the episode that you show to a snob to go oh, television or science fiction can be art because this isn't like a really bang, bang, shoot 'em up kind of space episode. It's about like, it's a little more of like a thought experiment kind of episode of like, what do you do when you meet, you know, uh, a race that's stronger than you and uh, more equipped than you uh, and you can't communicate. How do you figure that out? And so um, watching this, that's kind of where I, Took it was just sort of like a, oh this is showing that the show could be deep and it could have um, more to say than just like well oh, racism is bad or you know whatever <laughs> the the main Star Trek ethos may be. Um, the only problem I had with it is it felt like that the the alien race was just too perfect for everything. Like it was like ah they beamed our captain out of nowhere and there was nothing we could do about it like oh damn like well you know what let's let's try to like communicate with all oh, they they're scra- they're blocking it you can't get it oh okay well that sucks um well let's just send a shuttle out oh you know they pinpoint shot the shuttle just right in the butthole so now it can't it's got to go home but then nobody got hurt yeah. though but it's got to go home Oh, okay well that that sucks all right well why don't we just we'll move we'll just fly away then we'll come back around now you know you're kind of stuck where you are you can't really move much uh, uh, oh okay it was just one of those things i'm like okay so they just made up everything then just have all everything figured yeah. out there's nothing they there's they're perfect in every way
1: yeah zach it makes seems... a good point these aliens are real mary sue exactly
2: exactly <laughs> <laughs> It seems like they're trying to get out in front of, like, uh, fans who are like, why wouldn't
0: they just, you know, X, Y, Z? No, like, very yeah.
2: true. But when you add that all up as, like, a pre like let's get in front of this sort of thing, it's like, oh, well, of course, now you can't say, well, why didn't they just blast their way out? But at the same time, it's like, what did just God is just calling them, I guess? Like, yeah, no, here, your captain's going to, like, go on, like, this friendship exercise, and uh, we're God, and we can basically just do whatever we want. Um and the other thing I thought interesting that there is no repercussions from getting like half chubbed through the teleporter. Because at one point, oh, at yeah. one point, they're like, fuck this, let's just get the captain out of there. And they go to try to teleport him off, and they can't for whatever reason. So he's like stuck in between, like he's not quite on the ship and he's not quite on the planet and there are no repercussions for that like when they finally give up it's not like Picard's arm is suddenly shooting through his own chest or like that he's the fly that uh, is it's just sort of like oh he's just sort of stuck there for a minute I, all
1: right he's he's back to normal he's all right now that would have been a great end to the episode as they just teleport just a pair of legs like, onto oh, the enterprise fuck. <laughs> um now uh the other thing that's kind of interesting again about kind of seeing the this very uh iconic you know, characters and things like that is So uh, I'm recognizing people through, you know, being 32 years old and being on the internet and all that. Um, I'm like, oh, okay, that's the robot. I think his name's Data. Okay, that guy is a, a Klingon, I think. All right. And But then the the number one, the commander, I, I genuinely didn't recognize. I'm like, it's another white guy. I'm like, <laughs> is, is he the guy... Uh, James, is that the guy that says, damn it, I'm a doctor? Uh, you're confusing uh Will
0: Riker, Commander Riker, with uh Bones, um, who is from who is the doctor from Dr. McCoy from is Original it, is Series. Is it the guy who
1: says I'm giving her all she's got, Captain? That
0: would be engineer uh Scotty, uh, who is also from Original Series. Is it the guy who says beam me up? Uh, that would be Captain Kirk, uh, also from original series.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Well,
1: I'm out. Of, I'm out you, of line. How
2: do you not know uh, Commander Riker? He's the guy from the Not Ripley's Believe It or Not show, who just uh, who says, "Oh, did you think that ghost story was true?
1: We made it up." And then, <laughs> like that's that's who that is made it up oh okay I, uh, isn't he from the mirror universe i mean he's got a goatee
2: no he hey, i mean he is pretty evil. he's from the chubby face universe he is i feel where he's coming from because he was clean shaven in the first season he was like hey this sucks and so they let him grow a beard and he was like the first character that's probably why they didn't have a mirror episode they were like oh we'll just have a beard." god damn it and he was like oh sorry guys
1: That makes sense. So um, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting about this as the very first episode of The Next Generation I watched is that when Picard and this other alien captain are transported down on the planet, and they have nothing on them, you know, I'm kind of expecting that, you know, Picard will be like, "Ah, well, it's the year whatever the fuck this is set in, so here's my handy fire starter, my alien fire starter that I'll use to just make a campfire real quick." Instead, he's like sticks and rocks, fucking Tom Hanks castaway there, and I thought that was a very interesting choice to have this be like a primitive technology episode of this set in the future sci-fi show
2: well it's also interesting that he would even have that as like knowledge at all because if it was true like imagine (laughs) even now like we're in the future now and imagine you stuck somebody like oh you gotta go make a fire and they'd be like oh i guess i'm dead i guess I'll, i'll die because i have zero skills to do that (laughs)
1: that is true i mean i can't even function when uber eats is down so (laughs) god forbid i was actually dropped in a a alien planet
2: so so tn let me ask you this seeing as this was your very first introduction to this version of of the series in watching this episode did you gather like like oh i get why people like this show or what you're just like what the fuck am i even looking at like like how did you interpret what you saw yeah, uh, what was I, your
1: reaction? Yeah, I I did I did, uh, you know to 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 give you my very sincere opinion straight up front. So I, I you know there was initial a couple things where I'm like, okay, this is weird, and you know this this is very clearly made in the '90s, you know because every alien race is basically just a human with face paint. Yes, and <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, cool, and they're talking, all right, and you know. They're, everybody on the, is on the ship and they're working towards this and we're building towards a climax and I was like this is fine I suppose and, and the, the villain kind of looks like they're out of Power Rangers, the, the monster on the planet and then it wasn't until at the end when Picard rushes in and he stops the firefight from happening and you know he's like speaking their meme language and then the aliens say Picard and Athon at El Adrel that I, I actually feel like I like got chills. And I was oh. like, wow, that's, that's very impactful, actually. I think that's incredibly well done. Um, because, you know, the, like James said, when you start to question their language, even a little bit, you know, I was just thinking hey, uh, how did these guys even function or communicate before there were myths or stories to tell? And the end of the episode kind of partially answers that question by saying, well, guess what? Myths and stories are born every day. And that's how they just get, you know, incorporated into their language. So I thought that that was really, really pretty, honestly. Interesting. Interesting.
2: Yeah. And, and
0: I love, I love your take. That's a great take. Yeah. And,
1: and
2: it is, like I said, one of those cases where uh, Tien's absolutely right. The, uh, that uh, very, uh, (laughs) very straightforward description of the foibles of this 90s show, including our alien race has like kind of a weird headpiece and like dick thumbs for some reason um yeah he every every single alien in star trek is just like oh i guess he's
0: got like weird face ridges and parse but part of that had had to do with like budgetary constraints like the the show did not have a super huge budget even by uh you know the standards of uh, the 90s Uh, So you you ended up with just like, uh, where can we move these faces? You know, I I guess Vulcans have pointy ears and Klingons have the forehead ridges. And uh, I don't know, Cardassians have neck ridges. It was just where can we put prosthetics on somebody's face?
1: Well, and in this case, there's even one of the other episodes we watch. uh, There's a point at which they're trying to describe someone and Picard's like, Well, they were humanoid, and it's like, yeah, no shit, they all are, right? Like, have you seen any spider people, aliens walking around? I haven't.
2: What for real though? For real though, why did the alien race have uncircumcised penises for thumbs? I really want to know. They were they were
1: they were dog
2: dicks, for sure. What was going on with that? And also, I thought it was interesting of the things that like this episode. This one felt like we could have explored some other things too, but we just sort of ran out of time because, like. The, the other captain, the alien captain, when he's got his fire going and he's like, all right, time to go to bed. He says, like, this little prayer and, like, puts down these little trinkets off of his uniform in, like, a semicircle. Yeah. And, the, and Picard kind of, like, looks at it later. But we still don't really get, like, a full explanation. I... I didn't, that was on rewatching this episode. I didn't get that
0: either. Was he summoning the beast? Is that what he was doing? I
2: thought maybe that was the case. I thought maybe it was just like a religious thing in general, that he was just sort of like, whatever their God is, he was just like, hey, prayers to the big man. I'm going to do like a little prayer circle around me. Because I thought when Picard was going to like cross the threshold and like fuck around with the evidence that he was going to be like, what the fuck? But no, it was just sort of like, I'm putting my uh, enamel pins around me in like a little circle. Um, and I'm just gonna take a little nappy poo, and I was just like, "Oh, this will mean no, oh, that doesn't mean anything." Okay, that's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. Picard really fucks with that. I mean, this guy's off taking his morning shit, and here's Picard reading through his text messages. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs>
2: yeah, it was pretty <laughs> shitty, but hey, you know, he he came back with it. He came back with the, like, "Here's your waiter memo pad of your, <laughs> your of your leader," and they're like, oh, thanks, man." <laughs> but you're you're
0: shitty. right. They never they never explained what the enamel pins were for, though.
2: Huh? I just I just I just uh, felt like it was like the I love Lucy like you know you put the tape down the center of the room and you're like that's your side of the room and this is my side of the room like don't cross it or I'm gonna punch you in the dick so I just assumed it was something along those lines
1: I I do like the part where uh, those two other characters on the Enterprise are trying to do their research as well and they're like computer search term Darmok and computers like there are 47 entries and they're like well I don't have all day I'm not going to listen to all well, of them. I did play like
2: play me the first couple. I liked the joke of it, though, where it was like, what is any, like, search any literature for Darmok. And it's like, ah, oh, it was an island in the ba-ba-ba. And they're like, oh, we fucking nailed it. And then they're like, next entry, a fruity drink at Margaritaville. And they're like, oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I was going to say, my big question was, you James, you did a great job of explaining, like, how this is the first time we've run into this problem of, like, we can't communicate. But the the thing that I was wondering, I'm like, how is this the first time we're dealing with just, like, absolute no knowledge of a culture at all? Like, for everyone else, they're like, ah, it's the fucking z culture, of course, and they always wear their pants backwards, like crisscross. Understood completely. And this one, they were like, I don't fucking... Their faces look weird. They speak in, like backwards poems i don't fucking know man like what are we doing like i was like how does that happen more often like everything is super it, it, there are like wikipedia just took over everything in the future
0: <laughs> there are a handful of episodes that deal with like first contact with another alien race in star trek but none of them are executed as well in, as this one in my opinion even the orville has uh a pretty decent episode uh that is you know first contact and like how, like, you have to be so careful in first contact because, like, you know, our cultural norms and, like, what we deem as acceptable and unacceptable and courteous and rude or whatever are completely fucking different to a different culture or different aliens or whatever. So, um, yeah. So, I don't know. But none of them are done as well as, as this, I think.
1: Oh, really? None of them are done as well? Uh, let me direct you to a little movie called Mars Attacks. Thank you. <laughs> oh,
0: I have not seen Mars attacks.
1: All right. Well, this podcast is over. It's been good. Thank you, James. <laughs> I'll
0: go uh, watch
2: Mars attacks then.
1: Go <laughs> be disappointed
2: by Mars attacks, then come back and talk about this show.
1: That's very true. <laughs> yes. Um uh, uh I will say another part I enjoyed of this episode is uh, the part in which uh the captain settles down for a little nappy and wants Picard to tell him a bedtime story and he's like, "Oh, well, I mean, I don't know many stories, but uh I guess there is one I remember, but a man named Jesus Christ. Some say it's the greatest story ever told. <laughs>
2: Picard just starts trying to convert him into Christianity right then and there. Like, you, I feel like you haven't been forgiven. Uh, so, Tien, actually, here's a question. So, like you said, at the very end, is for as goofy as, as elements of the show will always just be because of time difference, that ending really kind of catches you for a minute. What was it like seeing... Patrick Stewart, like, kind of, sort of, like, in his prime ish, like, really acting his balls off in certain parts of this.
1: It is fascinating because I feel like the vast majority of, like, the Patrick Stewart I've gotten is truly, like, Seth MacFarlane Patrick Stewart. It's like American Dad, where, you know, he's so far removed from his actual acting days that he's just like, and now my voice is a big meme. <laughs> it's true. I'm a big meme now. And between so that and like Professor X, yeah. I feel like that's your two Well, yeah, and Professor X, yeah. yeah, of course. Um but uh yeah, it's it is fascinating to actually see him in his heyday where it's like, Oh holy shit, like this is this was like serious business actor. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, James, but I mean I assume they kind of just pulled him off of like, you know, uh acting in London, like for the stage.
0: That is a thousand percent what happened. <laughs> Uh, they, they pulled him off, uh, you know, straight out of whatever the fuck London Broadway is. Not Broadway, what am I, theater. He was doing, like, Shakespeare and, like... It was London Hamilton. Broadway (laughs) and London, 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 governor! (laughs) 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 He was doing, like, Shakespeare and, you know, real important shit. And they're like, hey, we're gonna have you come do a a dumb sci-fi show. And, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart was so, so sure that the show was going to be canceled. Um, the, the legend is he, like, didn't even unpack his suitcase in, like, his apartment or hotel room or wherever the fuck he was staying. He was like, yeah, this this is a disaster, and, you know, this is not going to work out, so I'll be ready to go as soon as this is gets shit-canned.
2: the joke was on him. Yeah.
0: The other thing was, like, they wanted um, Patrick Stewart to be more like Captain Kirk in that um, they wanted, like, patrick stewart to appear more like you know young and virile and like sexy and they're like oh can you wear like a toupee can you put like can you like get a wig and like have hair and we need you to be like real sexy <laughs> like uh i don't know that 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 would have been so strange um to have that version of picard what was it patrick stewart who was like no baby we'll go in raw on the on the old scalp <laughs> i forget uh if you watch that chaos on the bridge um I, I forget if it was Patrick Stewart or one of the other showrunners was like, nah, I think it just works better if he's bald.
2: Uh, I, and I jokes remember. on them. Like, I definitely remember, like, my mom being, like, big time horny for Captain Picard. Like, he they, still, he was sexy in his own way.
1: Right, Yeah. Ooh, Zach, tell me more about your mom being big time horny.
2: Well, that was actually the introduction to this show for me, was mom always watched Star Trek Next Generation and I guess probably reruns yeah, or mom. things like that. So that was always like how I knew of this show and I would just watch kind of like bits and pieces and episode chunks here and there and and just kind of like, yeah, kind of like Tien pointed out, kind of you make this sort of patchwork of of references and pop culture things that you sort of know of Star Trek. And then later on, you know, got more into it and watched more and, you know, kind of powered through some of the series. So, like I said at the start of the show, about 50 50 knowledge of the show, a familiarity with it. Um, so, I'm, I'm right in the middle.
0: Well, that's kind of the beauty of Star Trek The Next Generation. Well, most of the Star Trek series is that th- they're mostly all self-contained episodes. So it doesn't really matter if you missed last week's episode or if you've missed three years of content. You can just be like, all right, I'm going to watch this episode now. And it tells its own you know, self-contained story.
2: Which I was impressed at how quickly a lot of these episodes, a couple of the episodes that we watched for this experiment got right into it. Like, yeah. they don't fuck around. Because a lot of shows now, it's like... You know, th- we had forty five minutes to play with on uh, these episodes of of Next Gen, and they would get right to it. They got like we got a lot of bullshit we got to get through, so let's just get right. This is the premise. This is what we're doing. These are the characters. Let's go. Versus, you know, now a lot of the shows because they're trying to connect episode to episode that they're just like, well, let's kind of catch everybody up and let what's what's everyone's doing. All right, now I guess we can kind of get on with whatever the fuck this is supposed to be about. Um, so I was impressed that it just got right down and nasty with it.
1: So, what uh, what was the demographic of Next Generation? I mean, was it adults? I mean, were they making toys? Yeah, uh,
0: I, I mean, yes, they were definitely making toys and merchandise. But uh, I would say it's probably mostly, you know, 20, 30, 40, something like that. Um, I mean, initially, the demographic was you have to figure all the people who watched uh, the original series in the 60s you know, we're 20 years older, so originally when Next Gen started, the demographic would have skewed much older, because your, your average Star Trek fan is, is tuning back in from the 60s. Um, but, you know, I, I, I did not actually catch the original run of Star Trek The Next Generation on TV. I came into it much, much later um, when I was in, like, high school or so, and catching reruns on, like, fucking Spike TV or whatever the fuck... And I was like, hey, this show's kind of cool. And, you know, just got into um, watching uh, syndicated Star
1: Trek that way. So, And that's when James started slamming pussy in high school. Just
2: unbelievable. Hell yeah. Um, Never looked back. So, James, let's wrap this uh, this section up with, so you mentioned at the start of it that this is everything that you like to think of Star Trek as. So kind of yeah. put a little bow on this of, like, what is it about this episode that really sort of points that in that direction of like, this is what the show is at its best? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just
0: summarizing what the opening crawl is. You know, it's encountering strange new worlds, encountering new people. Um, there are, uh, I, I think I'm stealing this from a Red Letter Media bit, but they they talk about there are only like three archetypal Star Trek episodes. There is like your ethical moral dilemma, which, like, most of those episodes begin, you know, there's something happens and we have to debate the ethics or morality of some situation. And usually that ends with Picard making some sort of speech about, you know, oh, we got to do the right thing. Those are usually good. You got your other episode where you've got, uh, like, uh, like a sci-fi mystery Um, And this has elements of the sci-fi mystery, you know, how how are these people talking, you know, they're communicating in memes, and Picard has to solve the sci-fi mystery. But really, this falls into the third archetype of Star Trek episodes, which is, like, the disaster episode. And there's a surprisingly large amount of these, like, disaster episodes where, like, you know, something goes wrong, or uh, we encounter something, and, you know, whatever. The crew ends up stranded on a planet or whatever. And and this, I think, is the disaster episode at its very, very best. It's, you know... Um, Picard has to figure out how to survive down on the planet without any of his uh, 24th century technological bullshit, while at the same time he has to figure out how to communicate with these people that... You know, he has to solve the sci-fi mystery at the same time and figure out how to communicate with these people. And, I don't know, that, that just encapsulates... Um, the best of Star Trek to me,
1: I guess. Excellent. Plus I I think as disaster episodes probably go, the less shots of uh, the crew on the bridge pretending like they're falling out of their seat, the better. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's, that's excellent. I I appreciate uh, the, the good episode here. And I figure there's no better way to end this uh, description of the good episode than saying Zach and James on the ocean. Zach and James in my bed. Let's take a break.
2: All right, guys, two people are dead, and I don't think this killer is going to stop until we find them. Fact is, I think the killer is among us.
0: Oh dude, I love that game.
1: Oh yeah, bro. Like who's being sus? Was me. I was an electrical. <laughs> no, no,
2: no. This is serious. Now there are rules in a situation like this. You never trust the love interest. Don't sneak off and go have sex.
0: I mean, it's just us here. It's not like I'm going to be splitting up to bone Mike. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. Yuck. I mean, I, like I would I would hate that. That'd be um uh, awful.
2: Good, good. And most importantly, never ever say, I'll be right back. Because then you definitely won't. So, we've got to put our heads together here, guys. Who do we think?
1: well, uh, there is the possibility that one of our girlfriends was born a boy and raised as a girl after the death of their sister. And now they're having a mental breakdown and murdering people.
2: Hmm... I like where your head's at, Mike, but gender issues are a lot different than they were in the 80s. That sort of a reveal would definitely get us canceled in 2022. Better to be canceled than dead, though, right? Eh, Debatable. Very debatable. How about we go start talking to those dorks at the movie club. We know the meta. It's usually the horror film buff, influenced by violence in movies, committing violence inspired by movies in order to be commemorated by another violent movie, which in no way is an invitation for people to actually do that in real life.
0: I can just jump on Reddit and find the latest incel forum. There's probably a bit of overlap there.
2: Well, hang on now, Chad. We, a horror movie... Don't want to accuse horror fans of being incels. That would be worse than a horror podcast writing a whole bit about horror fans being incels. It would totally alienate the demographic. We want to make them think that they're smart enough to figure out the twist. Well, give them some
0: credit. Maybe they are. I called the ending of Malignant.
1: Really? You knew the killer was a conjoined twin that had been mutilated and stuffed inside the protagonist's skull like a tumor?
0: Oh, uh, no. Sorry, I meant Maleficent. I knew Angelina Jolie was the bad guy. All right. Well,
2: Brett, what's the twist here? That anybody could be the killer! Like, spin a wheel with the character's faces on a throw a Dart and we'll find a way to justify it in the script. We'll bring in some middle-aged, possibly dead actor from the original and CGI the hell out of their face and make the killer be, like, their grandson or their long-lost cousin's babysitter's nephew or something. Hang on. script. Characters? I mean, we're talking about our family and friends here. We're talking about everything. Us, our lives, the movies based around our lives, the movies that inspired the life choices we've made, and the movies that motivated our parents to conceive the life that became ours. You get what I mean? Gross, bro. You're kind of blowing my mind here, dude. I mean, imagine. If, say... Avi Arad directed our movie. It would be like two hours of slow burn and dramatic tension with sexual undertones and it would maybe be in black and white. And if James Wan directed it, one of you two would be a human-sized doll or ventriloquist dummy. You get this? This is someone molding and changing our lives. Our reality. You better hope that Laura Von Trier doesn't direct this movie or else someone's nuts are getting smashed with a cement block. (laughs) Ah, ah. Okay, that's enough. You guys are just dismantling this whole thing, and it's not even fun anymore. I'm just gonna go turn myself in. And, by the way, let me just take this ghost face mask off. I'm Mike's girlfriend, and I don't have a penis, thank you. Though, he'd probably prefer it if I did, so, fuck you guys,
0: and
3: see you in the sequel.
0: Jeez, I told you she was sus, bro
2: and we're back so we've discussed the absolute apex that uh star trek next generation can offer us so now it's time to get to the second level of this new spin-off show the bad episode and so uh james has selected from season seven episode 14 sub rosa so, the quick synopsis is the Starship Enterprise visits a colony which, for some reason, recreates the entire Scottish Highlands where Dr. Beverly Crusher's very old grandmother is buried. Captain Picard accepts Governor Maturin's invitation to stay and help repair the storm damaged power supply of this planet. Her best friend, or I, oh, this is written terribly. Dr. Crusher's grandmother's best friend, Ned Quint, warns against an heirloom and the ghost of the grandma's mother fuck me this is stupid and confusing yeah. let me start over are you reading a plot summary I am and I'm fucking it up
1: Yeah. did you if watch you this
2: episode <laughs> yes, I watched the fucking episode yeah, if you, if you, I was just trying tell, to figure out a way uh... to explain the whole episode without just trying to like g- recall from memory
1: yeah, Zach it's has called, terrible memory. folks it's at home. Prep, if you if you James. if you couldn't tell, uh, our our good buddy James uh, did this uh, improv style, ad libbed in his summary, whereas Zach is just reading off someone's Wikipedia description. So,
0: <laughs> I don't know which is more professional. Uh, it, it's probably Zach's method, but
1: uh, no, no, I, I I think that if we wanted to just read Wikipedia, we could do that. Um, but I oh, figured hey, the point fuck of a- you, <laughs> how about that? <laughs> I figure the point of a podcast is that we're independent human beings with our own thoughts and opinions. And oh,
2: is that could... true, <laughs> Joe Rogan? Then you can go ahead and get first in line to eat my ass- entire ass. Assuming, assuming that you, assuming that <laughs> is you Is there already watch... a
1: line forming? I mean, is this like the new figment popcorn bucket? There's a line around the block to eat Zach's ass? Yes, as a matter of fact. Assuming
0: that you did indeed watch the episode, okay, I for... would love to hear you just close wikipedia and just give me oh, the summary right. of, from so, memory
2: first of all first of all you fucking asshole you know i've already seen this episode because we oh, watched shit. it the goddamn, goddamn living did, room we
0: did watch it together a long time ago but yes okay all right, so i'll do, do, do it you from, from memory, memory. here we go i'll fucking do
2: it from memory yeah go 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 oh well, let me read the actual goddamn what the line is what are we talking about? Okay, so the bad episode is from season, sep- season seven, episode 14, named Sub Rosa. I don't know what that has to fucking do with the episode. So the Me episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, episode, I uh, the uh, Dr. Beverly Crusher, who's like the medical professional on board, her, her very old grandma dies, and uh, she takes a couple members of the starship to visit the planet that I guess her grandma was living on. Um, for the funeral The planet that she was living on For whatever reason Has decided to just rip off the Scotland Aesthetic, I'm assuming that was just the set They had that day And so everything looks like Scotland And uh, apparently Dr. Crusher's family has lived there for generations Cool 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 They're putting grandma on the ground Sad 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 She looks over and this guy Who looks like uh, the background actor In a Charles Dickens Uh, play kind of gives her the 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 fuck me eyes and even though it's the middle of a funeral beverly crusher's (laughs) like ooh. uh so okay cool beverly crusher's like collecting some shit from her like grandma's house she grabs like a journal and there's like this weird old candle and she's like cool i'm gonna bring shit back to the ship But wait a minute, wouldn't the ship just leave immediately? Well, no, we've come up with this convoluted thing of like, oh, the weather control device for this Scottish planet is on the fritz, so can you guys stick around for a few more days to fix it? Sure, whatever MacGuffin is needed to keep us on the planet. Great. So uh, Dr. Crusher goes back on the ship, starts reading her grandmother's journal. Turns out it's a fucking, like, nasty, dirty-ass fan fiction about her hundred-year-old grandmother not making that detail up, getting just dicked down on the regular from, like, a 30-year-old studly dude. And instead of the natural reaction of, mmm, gross, Beverly Crusher's like, oh, fuck yeah. And is, like, (laughs) spilling the tea to uh, Counselor Troy, who is like, oh, that sounds fucking tasty as shit. <laughs> and so, the, so Beverly Crusher's like, yeah. So she grandma Gam Gam is talking about this lover named Ronan, and I can't shake the feeling that it was the guy that I saw at the funeral. Even though he would be fucking a hundred if that was the case, like, what the fuck kind of sense does that make? But she's like, I don't know. I feel like his dick big. So she goes back down to the grandma's cottage to like I don't know, hang out, and this uh, leprechaun guy who has just he loses his accent a lot is like you gotta put that candle out that's because there's a fucking ghost haunting your family and she's like well <laughs> fuck you and he's like oh i knew your fucking grandma for a uh, hundred years and that candle sucks balls and she's like you suck balls get out of here <laughs> and so then the, the fucking the episode keeps going on and Again, they're like, oh, well, we're trying to fix this weather machine, but there's like a weird uh, boner fog that just won't let us fix it. I don't know what the deal is. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then uh, Dr. Crusher is like in bed after like finishing a bottle of red wine and reading more grandma smut. And then she's like, she hears a voice that's like, Beverly. Beverly. And it like fondles her titty or whatever. And then the next day she's like, Troy, you're not going to believe it. I was reading this fucking story about my grandma getting it from behind and then a ghost grabbed my titty and I fucking came. And then Troy's like, oh my God, that sounds great. No problems there. So (laughs) Crusher goes back down to the planet and basically she's got a new ghost boyfriend. Cool, cool, cool. It's definitely brought up like, oh yeah, no, I just fuck all the women in your family. Like that's (laughs) what I'm into. And Crusher's like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And so they're just going to go steady now. And so, um, Troy is like, Oh, you seem like you're in love or something. Have you met someone? And Crusher's like, it's definitely not a boner ghost. And Troy's like, well, good for you. And then, uh, Scotty McCloud decides he's going to unplug The fucking weather thing from the ship because like, oh, the fucking ghost is going to do something. I don't know what, like he's going to possess the ship or he's going to get off the planet. The ghost is doing something. There's fog. There's literal fog on the bridge and none of them laugh. All of the fucking crewmates are just like, oh, there's fog on the bridge. It's some kind of malfunction. And no one goes, hey, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I thought that was going to be like a
0: visual gag, and no, everyone just is like, I don't know, there's fog, whatever. Our
2: socks are very damp, Captain. Anyway, uh, and so Crusher decides, you know what? Fuck this space life. I'm going to live with my ghost boyfriend. Fuck everybody else. And then uh, Picard and uh, Geordi and Data go down to the wait, planet and wait, are hold like...
0: On, hold on. You're glossing over the best part, which is where... Scotty, Scottish, Scott. Oh, Smith. right. I was getting. Yeah, it's, you're right. Fucking
2: so, with the, <laughs> Scotty mcleod is gonna unplug the fucking microwave, and the ghost is like, "No, no, no, fuck you!" and zaps him, and he immediately dies, and nobody cares. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, "Oh, he's, <laughs> oh, he's dead. dead. Well, Whatever. fuck him." Uh, his accent sucked anyway, and so uh, <laughs> Crusher decides, "Okay, fuck the fuck, fuck everything. I'm just gonna live with my ghost boyfriend, who turns into a green vapor and flies up my couch, and I have to act like that's cool." Uh, for the TV uh, show, and so, Jordy uh, and Data are like, "Hey, there's some weird energy thing coming from the planet. We're gonna go fuck it up, and, fi- and so that we can finish whatever the fuck we're supposed to be doing." And then Picard's like, "Cool, I'm gonna go meet this ghost boyfriend because no one's ever met him," and uh, and kind of like gaslight uh, Crusher into coming back and being on the crew. And so <laughs> Picard goes down. He's like, "Hey, so where's your boyfriend?" And she's like, "Oh, fuck you! Get out of here!" And he's like, no, because fuck you. And then the ghost comes down. It's like, oh, I uh, get, get out of here. We're going to live as girlfriend and, and ghost boyfriend. And Picard's like, mm, where are you from? And he's like, mm, uh, uh, and Picard's like, oh, really? Uh, How long have you lived here? Uh, 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 um, oh, have you fucked all of her grandparents and her fucking ancestors? Uh, 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 yeah, that's what I thought. Fuck you. And then the ghost is like, no, I'll go tell the mayor. And Picard's like, oh, go right ahead. I'm sure he won't know who the fuck you are either. And so whoops-a-daisy. It turns out there's a power source in her dead grandmother. I, 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 I don't know. And the candle is like, plasma based and he's like a not really a ghost it's some kind of technobabble thing and he's just been dicking down every member of Crusher's family throughout the generations and that keeps him corporeal for some reason and then he fucking possesses the body of the goddamn dead grandmother who gets up (laughs) and shazam bazaps both Data and Jordy, and that lasts for fucking a third of a second, and then fucking Crusher's like, what the fuck? That's my grandma. And the ghost is like, my bad. That was weird. I shouldn't have done that. And then they have this, like, dramatic little moment between the two of them, and she shoots him with a fucking phaser and blows up the candle and shoves it up somebody's ass. And then they're like, all right, whatever. Let's just get out of here. And they fucking boo-boo out of there. And that's the end of the episode, and it fucking sucks. <laughs> Well, it is
0: in there. At the at the climax of the episode, is my favorite line delivered by uh, Doctor Crusher. You're not Nana. Nana's dead.
2: Because she had to get up and buzzip for two seconds, and then yeah, she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. "It's all good." And then the ghost jumps out of her. It's like, "I'm sorry, that was stupid. I don't know why we did that effect. We should have just skipped that. I don't know why we didn't include that."
1: <laughs> so, this is so fucked up, and <laughs> it's like. To watch this is the second episode ever. (laughs) I mean, I literally, I'm watching this episode and I'm going, maybe this whole episode is a stupid idea, this whole podcast thing. (laughs) Maybe my life is a lie. (laughs) Because to watch one good and immediately followed up with a terrible episode, I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this. Is this half of all episodes or like this? Clearly. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of horny ghosts on this show. Now, my first question for you, gentlemen, is: So, uh, what? Why is her name Doctor Crusher? Is it because she likes to step on nuts, or like, what's up with that? <laughs> well, there's you a lot of fan it. fictions written about that. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, now, okay, so yes, this is a very, very weird episode. Um, it, like, like Zach said, it opens on a funeral, and it's just kind of like, oh, are space funerals? Oh, they're a lot like your earth funerals, except the priest kind of looks like the mayor of Whoville. A little bit. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> other than that, pretty much the same thing, still the you know, same last rites and all that. Um it's okay, so let's break this down, shall we, guys? Well well, let me let me start with
2: this. Let me let me start with this, and then I think this will sort of kind of give us a little bit of a framework here. So there is an apex to this episode. And it is at the very, very end, like I said, after the ghost jumps out of grandma's body, (laughs) there's a showdown between the ghost and Dr. Crusher. And she goes, you used my family for generations. And his response is, I loved all of them. And then, so in that moment, you're like, oh, this was like, this was the fucking, mm." like, you can picture, you know, everyone on set being like, oh, we're making some fucking art here, baby. But it wasn't worth it. All of the horse shit, all of the bending over backwards in order to get to the horny ghost showdown was super not worth it for that 10 seconds of soap opera acting. Because it's like, like Tien pointed out, it's like you have to invent... Okay, so um, there's a Scottish planet, and uh, one of the main character's uh, grandmothers was alive for 100 years and just died and she was getting dicked down by a younger man, and this character is not grossed out by that and wants to know about it herself, and ghosts kind of exist, except when they don't at the end. We're going to explain it because this is a science show. Uh, So yeah, doing the whole... There were so many things that you had to accept in order to just get to Horny Ghost Showdown, which when in reality, you could have just made it they're on a planet and there's a horny ghost. Like You didn't have to go like, oh, this ghost fucked my grandma and my great-grandma and I also want to be fucked by the ghost and, like, it's a family heritage thing and, like, oh, a candle's made of plasma and that's why it's powering a not-real ghost. Like, there's just so much shit that they had to try to justify just to get to Horny Ghost when you could have just done Horny Ghost. I feel like that's a lot of what bogs this episode down is just the amount of dumb shit that we have to get to to get to a Fucking stupid end premise and villain.
1: Yeah. Now, um, so I got a lot of other questions about Good. little things in this episode. So
0: <laughs> I love that this is your second episode. By yeah.
1: Me. So, so or, sort of, uh, I'd say in the first half of the episode, there's a point at which uh, Crusher and Picard are talking,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, she's talking. I think she's mentioning maybe not Ronan specifically, but she's talking about like the journal, her grandmother's journal. And he says, like, something along the lines of, well, it seems all the Howard women have quite the libido. What the fuck? Okay, has Picard <laughs> fucked Dr. Crusher? Did that happen, like, a few seasons ago? Uh Sort of, not really, kind of. Um, okay, they, well, they... even so, I mean, like, he's like this consummate professional they're co-workers hello who's hr on enterprise is it wharf or is it data because he can't get horny
0: well yeah uh it's actually troy but um uh i i i like that well, you saw I, how I, thirsty
1: I w- troy was that doesn't work
0: yeah exactly i love it <laughs> Yeah, because Troy in this episode is just uh, speaking to all of Crusher's worst intentions. Is, is she, like,
1: the, Troy is the one with like the, the '80s perm, right? She's yes. got like Nailed the it. Dana Barrett yeah. hair. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah,
2: And like, she's yeah. supposed to be like super intuitive with like feelings and emotions, and so she's got the line of like when the ghost gets to second base with crusher on the ship she's like oh i read a chapter of my grandmother's smutty novel and i had a dream that he like finger blasted me i hope i have another dream tonight and troy's like "Mm, i'd say read two chapters but um hey ladies are horny hey folks
0: (laughs) why is troy just like yeah
2: fucking get it like get that ghost
0: i like yeah picard is immediately just like hey something's not right here i don't like this
2: situation troy's like nah get that ghost dick <laughs> uh but yeah so 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 tn throughout the the run of the show the jim and pam will they won't they was picard and crusher because mm. yeah, there was kinda, there was kinda, a sexual yeah. sort of
1: chemistry there between the two of them so the audience was like yeah get with them why does he say i guess you all i guess all the women in your family are extra horny is there <laughs> like Well, because she said like, like, hey, she tries to fuck some other alien or like what
2: she just relate. If you relate to me the story like, hey, so, you know, my uncle Gignol was uh, he just died yesterday. He was one hundred and one years old and they had to bury him face down because his dick wouldn't go down.
1: I would be like, perhaps the Gignol men are more virile than I thought. You know, yeah, that's, and, that's, that's, and that's, that's and that would be a fair comment to make if you knew me as something who someone who would like put my dick in an ant pile if I thought it was gonna feel good for a second, which I do, and you are. <laughs> yeah, okay, well then I guess yeah. I'm wrong. That's all yeah, I'm no, asking. Zach, that's
0: that's how I read that line was like, oh, Nana was real horny, but that's not what he says. He says that Howard women. Yeah, I think TN is right. That he says the Howard women, not Nana.
2: Well, no, he said, well, because she was like, oh, she took a lover the day of her great grandmother's death. And uh, so he's saying, yes, gentlemen, you're right. Picard is suggesting, hmm, seems like Nana and Nana's Nana were all whores. Seems like maybe the (laughs) women in your family are all whores. Pretty cool, bro. That's what he's saying. And I'm okay with that because he's the captain. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you gotta listen to him he's lumping her in with that though so that's what i'm asking is is this character established as someone who will have to take a break from doing surgery on the ship to go flick the bean is that part of her character <laughs> Wait, that's a great question and the answer is no she is
2: not so the yeah, reason why no. this episode's like oh old horn dog crusher over here is very out of nowhere in my opinion uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and
0: there is kind of, sort of, uh, like you said, will they, won't they, Picard and Crusher? But th- there's so few. There's only just a handful of episodes. Ironically, that number two episode of season one that we talked about earlier, which is a retread of uh, the naked now of original series. Uh, Next gen calls it the naked time, and basically every the premise of the episode is everyone gets drunk. And Picard and Crusher are just, like, really drunk, and they're like, oh, we should totally bang! And then Picard's like, ah, I'm really drunk, but I don't think this is a good idea. Uh, and and that was, like, the most uh, sort of, like, they hinted at Because they're both relation- very professional, normally. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. T- to, to go back to your point, they're both very, very professional, and they would never, you know,
2: uh, whatever. So, yes, um, I think... Although I agree, the line is very strange and very inappropriate for the workplace. Also, I don't know how... I don't know what other complimentary Hallmark card you can give to someone who, after leaving the funeral of their relative, confides in you, hmm, Turns out all the women in my family had real thirsty pussies. I don't know how else you explain, like, I don't know where else you go, like, hey, that's great for you guys. I don't know how else you could do that other than being like, mm, it seems like you're very promiscuous as a clan. Like, that's a, a kind of pillowy way to be like, mm, cool, gotta go. You know, I, I I get that it's made not appropriate, but also, what do you do with that information? Like... Other than I think we can all agree, the realistic answer when you go, "Hey, I found out that right before she died, Mima was getting a rim job." I think the proper response as your superior officer would be, "Hmm, gross, but <laughs> for whatever reason we went the other way."
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess Picard was a little into that. I mean, I get it, I understand, but yes, I think that maybe, maybe Crusher's really the one who's at fault in this whole episode. Let's she blame have the victim. Her superior. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically the subtitle of this whole podcast. Yes, correct. Um, <laughs> so, what uh, other questions do you have? All right. Well, first off, I'll note that, uh, you know, I did watch these episodes with Master, and uh, one, one of her comments was, you know, all these people, every single one of them on this ship, speak like science journals. Uh, they talk like. Jane Eyre reading a biology textbook. Yeah. Most of them. Yeah. And she was like, why do you think that is? And I'm like, I think it's just kind of a 90s sci-fi thing. I think it's an aesthetic choice for Star yeah. Trek. Um, And so then later on, she turns to me and goes, why that guy got that skin color? And, and you were I'm like, like what a future we're living in. <laughs> I said well, honey, uh, he's a he's a robot. Um, that's why his skin that color. And that's also why he talked like that. And she's like, they all talk like that. Is that black guy a robot too? I'm like, no, <laughs> not to my knowledge. I, I don't know the whole Visor Cyclops thing, but uh, I don't know what that's about, but not to my knowledge. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, quick, I guess, uh, uh, backstory for those who... Are interested in in the visor, uh, but don't know that I, I don't know. It's it's not that interesting. But anyway, the character Jordy was born blind. He has like no, I can't remember if it's no retina or no no pupil or something. He anyway born blind, uh, but he wears this you know super sci-fi visor and like technically he can see better than anyone because he can see every you know super uh, pixel in his crazy visor but um
2: yeah anyway that's he that's You can what's see going into on.
1: your soul. He can see uh Crusher masturbating on the other side of the Enterprise. Exactly. You better fucking exactly. believe that with that
2: visor he can take a look and it's in a book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Reading
3: right. <laughs> hey, we did it hey,
1: folks. It we fucking hey, did it. There hey. we go. Yeah, so I I mean g- generally uh, it is a very strange very bad episode. <laughs> um, I, I thought that everything with this like Fabio reject, I wish I could be on the cover of, you know, fantasy smut novels guy, this ghost, Ronan, uh, everything with him explaining that he's been porking his way up the family tree for years, for generations, uh, was very strange. The The Scottish guy coming in and saying like, no, I'm not going back in that house. A ghost tried to suck my dick last time I was in there. I really like that. Uh, it was, it's It's all very, very odd. Um. And, and, and I also don't understand why he had to turn into a fart and go up her nose anytime he was going to, like, give her an orgasm. I, yeah, and, and the
0: direction to Dr. Crusher, Gates McFadden, the direction was definitely have an orgasm, right?
2: Well, I feel like they had that effect, and they were like, "Oh, fuck yeah!" And they didn't really think about the like, the actual like putting it in practice, like what that's gonna look like. I think they were just like, "Oh, we've got an effect where we can dissolve him, and it looks like green fog," and they were and just then, like, 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 "End of discussion." That's how it's gonna go. After the first time they do that, she's like,
0: constantly like, I, I don't. I, She's like acting bizarrely for the rest of the episode. She's like always out of breath and just there was a lot of very
2: strange acting choices because yeah, yeah, there's like her when Troy's like, Oh, I think I feel like you've met somebody, and she's like, (laughs) What do you mean? and like she's like got this (laughs) scary look on her face, like I just got a good dicking, like there's nothing like you're like, That's odd, and then. When, when they have the one idea for whatever reason to be like oh go light the candle on the ship and then I'll be cool again. Oh yeah yeah, and yeah. Then, I hope
0: you're talking about And she's like
2: yeah. okay I'll go you stay here and he's like N- no I'll I'll hide in your cooch as a fog, and take me on the <laughs> ship and you're like oh fuck the ghost is gonna be on the ship that's gonna fuck everything up she runs in she fucking gets a fucking tiny laser gun and goes and lights the candle and then she like sits down like a fucking maniac and is like, yeah. where's that ghost dick at? And then she gets up and does a quick circle and sits back right down. She's like, yes. where the fuck is it? And then he's like. That so weird. Like, wh- what was the direction in well, that like, scene? Well, like, I feel like, I feel like the thought was, why shouldn't she go, why should we not want this to happen? Uh-huh. Like, as soon as she's like, you know what? Fuck space travel. I'm staying here in the cottage and I'm sucking this ghost dick. That's my new life now. (laughs) I felt like they were like, that's not enough for the audience to be like, no, Beverly don't get fucked. So we needed it to be like clear that she's like, it's bad somehow. So instead of just, which really the situation should have been, she should have just like tried to go back to work like normal, but she was so fucking exhausted from jizzing so much that she couldn't do her fucking job. Like, like, oh, doctor, we've got this, like, laser surgery out And She's like, yeah, I'll... oh, Christ, hold on just a second. And she's, like, walking like a cowboy. She's, like, bow-legged. And, like, she's, like, trying to do a thing. And she's like, and, like, Dr. Crown, she's like, don't choose on me. What? What? Like, <laughs> that should have been it instead. But instead they were like, I don't know. She just kind of becomes a mental patient. And then, so then you're like, oh, don't stay with the ghost. Because you're going to. I guess drown yourself in the bathtub or something at some point. Cause you're a fucking maniac, but very odd choices in terms of, of acting, not just so, her, so the weird strange. Scottish guy too. Um, yeah, the fucking mayor I, had a lot of weird line. Like don't try to be whimsical. Weird about that. Just everything is a strange choice. Well, yeah, at one point they're like, like when Jordy's first, like, Oh, I think your weather machine is fucked. He's like, Oh, that can't be he's like, well, it shows that, like, it's going to fucking thunderstorm like crazy tomorrow. And he's like, but it's the summer. It never storms in the summer. And he's like, well, the machine says it's going to, so we probably should fix it. And he's like, well, please see that you do. I don't want tomorrow's bocce ball game tournament to be (laughs) rained out. And I'm like, is that supposed to be a joke? Because it's not funny. And And then he's in the elevator with Picard and he's like, Captain, I fucking helped make this planet look like Scotland for some reason but I didn't want to actually leave in Scotland. a chewy, And, like, he sneezes on the thing, and Picard's like, great, um, goodbye, and just leaves. And I'm like, this is not a whimsical character, so why are we trying to make this, like, oh, fiddle-dee-dee, you've already committed to, hey, his ghost is fucking this crew member, and he ain't ever gonna stop. The time for whimsy and what-ifs is over. We, we have committed to this dumb idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really does make you wonder what the, like, conceptualization was. Like, at the very, like, stage one in the writer's room, when they're just, like, spitballing. Yeah. And they're just like, all right, uh, let's see, uh, an alien race uh, does this. uh, Or they encounter a strange planet, and this happens to the ship, or whatever. And it's like, hey, how about if if, uh, Crusher's grandma dies, and she starts fucking this ghost... It's actually an alien uh, that her grandma was fucking, and they're like, "What?
3: <laughs>
1: what did you just say?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't, nothing. Yeah. I didn't say. I didn't say anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. How does somebody in the writers' room immediately not just go, uh, "That's a terrible fucking idea. That sounds so dumb." Well,
2: here's my thought: the first episode that we talked about really showcased the like the best that this show could be in terms of like. Telling a deep story and not just being shoot 'em, bang, bang, you know, sci fi show. This episode is absolutely a textbook example of you should have called it in. Like, the (laughs) show went on for two, seven seasons, too much. Yeah. We should have called it at six because clearly when they were reaching in the fucking big top hat, like it's a magician stand full of ideas, and they hit the bottom and fucking, you know, Johnny the janitor is fucking scribbled with a crayon note of ghost boner was at the bottom of the hat, and they were like, Well, we're out of ideas, folks. That's all we got. And then the janitor popped his head in and went, Make sure the grandma fucked the ghost too. And they were like, All right, well, that's another five minutes we can fill, I guess.
1: It, it makes yep. me wonder if maybe, like, the fact that this last season it uh, aired, like, in late 93, early 94, from what I can mm-hmm. tell here, yep. it makes me wonder if, like, that just was a huge time for syndicated soap operas i presumably yes uh, and and that's why like the writers were like listen we got to get an episode with some fucking romance like we got this hunky actor we want to bring in with the long hair we want to see if we can pull more female viewers let's write an episode that's that's like a a, a woman's fantasy <laughs> and you got a bunch of fucking 90s incels in a room they're like hmm women's fantasy let's see let's start at the drawing board gentlemen i think that's
0: probably exactly what happened and to further speculate on on the bizarreness of this episode this was now as as we said in season 7 in 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 the you know mid 90s this was now at the time where i'm pretty sure there were three simultaneous star trek shows on television so uh, Star Trek The Next Generation was nearing its end and DS9 was in I think its second or third season and Voyager was just starting up. So a lot of those shows were poaching the writers from Star Trek The Next Generation and some of the showrunners from Star Trek The Next Generation to go work on DS9 and Voyager. So I don't know if that this got written by like what was left in the writers or this was like the D team in the writers room or... Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe we're just trying to pitch to a different demographic or, or, you know, uh, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, this, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in, in the writing session for this episode because everything is just
2: the most bizarre and strange choice. Yeah. Just a lot of very odd ideas just thrown together and just committed to with way too much sincerity. Uh, so, uh, First of all, Tian, any other questions about this episode? Seeing as this was your second, and dear God, how did the show last this
1: long? Uh. <laughs> well, uh. uh do, do alien, uh. Do plasma alien, uh, know where the clit is? Uh, clearly. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah,
2: James has a, never I, been more got, sure of I'm any so. Star Trek trivia in his <laughs> <Yeah>. life than <laughs> that yeah, answer it's right it's there. Absolutely. The, the answer is 100% yes.
0: Did you see Dr. Crusher? Did you see uh, yes, the I weird did.
2: fucking green contacts that she threw away in explanation? I well, got why? tired of that's, my old eyes!
0: That's another just a sure. strange choice. Why was that a thing? Why? Why?
2: Well, they were becoming one. The ghost and her were becoming one. And for some reason, that turned her into a crack addict. So... (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I guess in this case, Zach, uh, being that this was the bad episode, are you going to lead us out with some final thoughts here?
2: Yeah, so like I said, Star Trek in general, you know, especially the early, early seasons of the first uh, run of the show, made popular the sort of like what kind of sets do we have and we're going to just sort of tell a story so if it was oh there's a World War II set now we're going to tell a World War II story like oh this planet's stuck in World War II so I understand that sometimes the nature of the beast is you kind of just play with the hand you're dealt Um, in this case I don't know if somebody lost a bet or there was like a dying (laughs) child and they were like what kind of episode do you want he was like I want Crusher to fuck Casper and they were like well it's the Make-A-Wish Foundation Or whatever the reason was, Um, as I said, the moment where she yells, you use my family for generations, and he said I love them all, you see that one moment as like, hey, we're acting, okay, cool. But it's super not worth it to get here, and it's absolutely one of those cases where you watch it and go, how did the show even make it this long? Um, (laughs) Just bad all the way around, makes no sense. Not even like last episode where we were talking about like, well, if you know, if you dig into the language, it's a little confusing. I don't know if that makes sense. This is like from the jump, it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And w- w- the the big payoff is a big fart, and so absolutely terrible. Hate this episode all the way around. I read somewhere that it's like voted like the sixth worst episode of all time, and just yikes, Aroni, really, really bad. And sixth worst episode of any
1: show ever. Uh, uh, aired? Of like
2: I don't know if it was of Next Gen or of. Star Trek in general, but it was
1: a big or just of any show like mash you know, yeah, like exactly that Mad Men, Dick Van Dyke show, all shows, all shows <laughs> and movies. <laughs> yes. Nobody likes the fucking horny
2: ghost. um And see, so, yeah, I love
0: it. I I love it's just good. It's so bad, it's good. Uh, the well, you fucking, do walk around
2: whispering Beverly all the time, so yeah, Beverly. Yeah, so uh, the legit. the
0: fucking you're not Nana and Nana's dead gets me every time. So good. <laughs> Rest in
3: peace, so Betty terrible. White, for that great cameo yeah. appearance she made in that episode. So, kudos <laughs> to her.
1: All right, P. Rest in power. All right. Well, l- let's take a break. All right, guys. Uh, it has been a long fiscal year, mm-hmm. I got to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, soda Pop Don't Stop uh, has not been performing as well as we thought mm-hmm. it was going to be. Uh, Mama, Mama's Jelly Jam... Uh, also, uh, we really thought was going to corner the market with the over seventies. Right. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, that is also, Turn, I mean, we, I think we kind of missed the mark there. Turned out to be too racist for that. So that's. Yeah. You know, well, that's which rough. I didn't, you know, I mean, and, and that was James's idea right. to, to, to yeah, really yeah, push that. marketed poorly. Yeah. 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 And, and I didn't question it. You know, I said, you know, James, if this felt- is what you think.
0: I stand by it. I still think it's a good idea. Hey,
1: well, it's you art. know, art. okay. Yeah, I, okay. I I appreciate that. You know, you gotta stand by what you believe in. But I think we gotta start from the real drawing board here, okay. guys. So okay. what can we put out there? As you know, the one thing that these app users really wanna see in their play it on the toilet while you take a shit game is is a tragic backstory. Of you course. guys know that. Of course. You know. I know that. When we advertise it, you got to see a woman. You know, getting evicted from her home. Her mm-hmm. her husband's cheating on mm-hmm. her. Her grandmother just died. Uh, you know. We uh, and it was probably murder for all we know. And then of course the gameplay is you know it's it's colored dots and you got to match them up. Right. So, okay. Okay.
2: Okay. So what about what about a game? Where uh, it's about tracking down sexy singles in your area. Ooh! Uh, but okay. but before oh, yeah. before you actually connect with mm-hmm. any other living person in the area, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. got to solve solve a key puzzle first. Right. And and if you don't have enough and, energy, you don't have enough lightning bolts.
0: Oh, pay us money. Exactly. Oh, I love it. What if what if we had some loot boxes in this okay, okay. and and we really randomize your chance to get a sexy single lady, you know, oh. like most of the time you're going to get you're going to get like a normal just like frumpy guy, right? Okay. But then, okay. You, know, you pay us enough money, you pay us enough money and you get a chance. You might get that
1: sexy. This is genius. So that that's I think that's perfect. So I mean we're taking we're taking the two biggest apps and we're just smushing them right together. You got your dating apps, you got your swipe the swipe the thing while you're on the toilet app, the games, we push them together. And I think that having a loot box where you got a, a, a lower chance of getting a fat man with his dick out I think that that's beautiful. I think that that's a brilliant idea. I'm writing that down right now now.
2: now. now, hear me out, fellas. Hear me out. So what if, what if for this app, when you go to create mm-hmm. a profile for this mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. it requires mm-hmm. a selfie of your genitals. But, oh, yeah. but, yeah, included in the selfie must yep. be an active credit card, so you kind of oh, lay, yeah. you kind of lay the credit card on like the balls, and then just sort of the sh- just the the hog kind of just lays over it very lazily, yeah. like it's like a, just relaxing,
0: money. just dicks and money. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Require a dick, require some money,
2: right? Or cooch, or cooch.
0: Oh,
1: right, right. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's less likely. let's be, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that it could be almost like a, a tease. Like, you've got the dick laying over the entire credit card, and as you level up in the game, the dick starts to slide away, revealing more and more numbers. Oh,
2: okay, and okay. so,
1: you, you know, eventually you're like, mm, am I going to get the CVV code on the back <laughs> that his nuts are covering? I don't know. Am I, I got to level up a few levels the, and, more, and I'll find and out. If,
2: and if you don't continuously play every day, you're going to get the VD on the back of the card instead of the the CVV code. Ooh. Oh,
0: the login bonus. Yeah, you're going to get... Now, yeah. how can we get a season pass in oh. this? Yeah,
1: I think we just call it the season ass. Very God clearly. damn, oh, this guy, yeah. this guy, yes. money. That's right. money, money, money. You know, you're, you're unlocking. It. It's like those old school, you know, hentai new grounds games where you're unlocking bits of a puzzle, but it's just, you know, pieces of a big man's ass. And in between that big, beautiful ass is a credit card. All right. And that's what mm-hmm. people are playing towards. I mean, we got to get these kids hooked Early on the gambling, you know, we we they they don't understand yet that a loot box is basically just a pull of a lever at a casino. Thirty years from now, for them, they don't get that. But we got to make it a little more clear for them that the real money they're putting into this game is going to feed a very real addiction later on. Also powered by our games company. It's very true. Now, how true. do we
0: how do we appeal to the children? We got to oh, get the true, young kids. True. We got to get the young kids in Mm -hmm. here.
1: Well, I think that, uh, you know, obviously the the big, the Fortnite with all the dances, that's a big thing. Oh, love it. Yeah. Get the
0: sexy single ladies to do dance. That's exactly right.
1: They got to do the floss. You know, they got to floss the butt cheeks. Um, I think that that's part of it for sure. And I think that maybe they're unlocking costumes that the sexy singles, the local grandmas are going to wear like the Fortnite banana. And the Fortnite oh, pinata, yeah. and the Fortnite yeah. ghost, or whatever. That, I feel that like these you. I costumes. feel
2: like you made up that last one.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't make it up, but uh, you know. Who, who's gonna know that's the uh, that's hey the hey, thing. hey fuck me you're right you're right you're right that's the thing you know and i think ultimately if we can start to get a promotion in there with when they're playing roblox to have an ad you know get the advertising worked up to say that the gushing grannies are in their area and that they want to meet them specifically i think that's really what's going to push us to the next level
2: all right mm-hmm. gentlemen, gentlemen 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 we got a lightning round right now. We've got a money, a guaranteed money-making product here, but it needs a name. So we're going to round robin here. We're each going to throw a name out there, and that, that that puts the seal of approval of high quality gushing grannies, as you said, in the local area, credit card, genital, loot box, mechanic, daily check-in, season ass, extravaganza, needs a name.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, gosh, this is—I mean—it's got to be something short and catchy because obviously all those buzzwords you just dropped really good for the search engine optimization. I'd say, of course. but we we got to get something just tight, just like one word, like uh, Fort 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 Kite Fort. Oh, I love it. Fort 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 My 4 K Fort Four K. Uh, 4K HD Resolution Granny Tits. Love it. Done. Available on the Google Store or Apple Store. Yep.
2: And we are back. So we have now gone to the top of the mountain. We have dropped to the very lowest depths that Star Trek The Next Generation can provide us. And now we bring it all full circle here for the most frightful episode that James picked out for us here. (laughs) described in excruciating detail by one Tien Guignol. Tien, please walk us through our final
1: episode of this experiment. It's time for a night of fright, ladies and gentlemen, yes. Um, And I will say, I'm very glad, uh, I believe that James was uh, potentially interested for this episode in picking another episode called Night Terrors, which is also a very Crusher-heavy episode. And after the last episode I watched, very happy you didn't do that. Not (laughs) a very poor perception (laughs) of Crusher right now, so... um, But this is an episode from Season 6. This is Episode 21, called Frame of Mind. Now, uh, this is an episode about uh, number one, about Commander Riker. The episode actually opens with Riker delivering a monologue, and all you see is him, and he's not in his Starfleet uniform. He's just in what almost appears to be like hospital scrubs, just black. And uh, he's delivering this very serious monologue. Um, Somebody off screen is talking to him about murder, and you're like, what is going on here? And then eventually... Uh, he goes, oh, can I take that again? And it cuts off screen to Crusher, who's sitting in an audience, and it turns out that she's directing a play on board the Enterprise, and it is starring uh, Riker uh, in the lead role, uh, along with Data, and it's a play set in an insane asylum, where he's a man that is uh, wrongfully accused of uh, of a crime, and he's in this asylum, and, and trying to justify his way out of it. Um, and, uh, so, upon leaving for the evening from that rehearsal, uh, Riker sees a gentleman with some another set of face ridges that he's never seen before, and gives sort of an odd second, you know, second glance to him. And then, uh, as we start to explore further in the episode, um, it is revealed that this guy, this man with the face ridges, is actually a doctor in this insane asylum. And uh, apparently the lines between reality and fantasy start to blur. And Riker starts imagining himself on the Enterprise there rehearsing this play set in an insane asylum while also being a real patient in this supposedly real insane asylum with these doctors who all have these same sort of moon face, uh, circular face ridges. <laughs> oh my god. That, uh, that, uh, that they have. Now, um, so uh, he starts to wonder whether he's losing his mind. The doctor is telling him when he's in the asylum that uh, his entire life that he's imagined on the Enterprise is fake, that uh, all these characters that we know and love, Picard and Worf and Data and everybody else are just figments of his imagination, and that it's not real. Meanwhile, back on the Enterprise... You know, you have Worf talking to him, preparing him for this uh, uh, espionage mission that he's going on, where he's going to go undercover on this planet that's supposedly having some sort of uh, issue with their government. And he's going to try and sneak in and, you know, uh, infiltrate the guerrilla faction that's forming and see what he can learn and see if they can, you know, intervene and help in any way. And it's flipping back and forth, you know, there, there are times where Riker is on the Enterprise and he'll turn a corner and he'll see one of these Face Ridge people um, and suddenly he's back in the Asylum and he's telling everyone he doesn't know what's real and it culminates in uh, him being uh, on this stage, this set that they've established in the Enterprise with the doctors from the Asylum and he's using a literal phaser from the ship to blast away at the reality. It's shattering away like a mirror with a very shitty 90s effect. <laughs> Come um, on, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and revealing that uh, ultimately what has happened is uh, he has been uh, on board getting his brain drained by a tube uh, by these same aliens with the face ridges. Um, and that apparently it's revealed that he was captured while on this espionage mission, and his brain has been forming together this piecemeal reality of he's in the play, he's not, he's on the Enterprise, he's in the asylum. And I will say, I liked this episode a lot. Really? A lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that it is just perfectly suited for someone like myself it's like whoa theater on the enterprise i myself am somewhat of a theater um as well as uh the gothica shutter island insane asylum trope before gothica and shutter island um obviously it's very it's it's kind of a hackneyed trope now but i imagine in the late 80s or early 90s, that it was probably pretty cool. So, um, I generally was into this episode. I thought that it was neat. I thought that Riker, for the most part, puts on a pretty good performance. And, uh, I, I enjoyed it. That's, I,
2: I think, awesome. I think some of my favorite parts of this episode is Riker acting on stage. Um, yeah. Because the, the, the second time we see the ending, uh, of the play when it's like technically in his dream that, that time. And he does, they do the really close zoom in on his face where he's like, he's like, I didn't kill that man. And then he's like, and you can't figure that. Like he gets real weird and manic for a second. And I yeah. really loved that. I was like, Oh, this is really good. Um, yeah. He, I, I, I thought, yeah, he's,
0: he's, he's, he's got a lot of real good moments in this, in this episode. He's got a lot of real weird moments in this episode too uh some of the scenes that require him to like really dial it up to 11 and like really yell and like get like you know he's got like a couple of like no like you know yeah, where he's, there, like, there really
1: is shouting. there is a no in there that is for sure like notable <laughs> that is just like, like
0: oh uh oh like eh you didn't quite nail yeah, that he's one like,
1: okay. he's like rushing an orderly in the asylum yeah. and the no is yeah, delivered yeah, yeah. very like
2: no yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was delivered like he knew he had to yell it but he also knew that the neighbors were already asleep. And yes. so you do that. <laughs> so if he actually like, no. real
1: life yelled that his mom would come upstairs and tell him it was time to, to get off of second life and that he wasn't allowed <laughs> to play anymore.
0: But, but yeah, you're right. Um, I, I would say on the whole, with the exception of Patrick Stewart, who is usually pretty fucking great. Uh, the acting on star Trek, the next generation is inconsistent at best. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, Jonathan Frakes, who plays Commander William Riker, has has a lot of good moments in this, and when he really just lets it all out and just fucking like, yeah, I'm not crazy, and you're like, oh god, I, are you?
2: Uh, the I will tell you one thing that I was um, saddened by, and this actually of all three episodes, this is the one that I felt the most suffered from, like the the amount of time the episode is, like like mm-hmm. almost like this could have been almost a two parter, only because. Yeah. I felt like we were really setting up for some prime space, one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of stuff in the asylum. Mm. And we just didn't really get that opportunity to. Like, yep. we get the moment where he's in the common area and there's the one other person who's in there. And she, one of the other inmates is like, hey, so we're all a part of like Starfleet as well. You're not crazy. We There's actually a couple ships that are coming by. I've built a communicator, and I'm I'm telling them, and they'll be picking us up here any day now, and we'll tell them to, to beam you up as well. And Frank's, and uh, Frank's, <laughs> Riker's like, oh, shit, for real? And she's like, yeah, here, I'll, I'll clue him in now. And she's like, going to pull the communicator out, but it's just a spoon. And she's like, this is, com-. and you can see the look on Riker's face. He's like, God damn it, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. wanted more stuff like that. Like, I want specific Uh crazy variations in this asylum. And uh, it just sort of got glossed over. Like, she was the only one that really got, like, the big, like, oh, she's crazy. Because she kind of just like, oh, yeah, I don't know. He's painting now. I don't know what his problem is. oh He's making clay, but it also kind of looks like he's playing with his poop. Uh, We don't really know what happened to him. (laughs) Like, we didn't really get to, like, muck around in the weirdness of this asylum too terribly much. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. It was mostly relegated to background action. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, and and I was it was almost a little bit disappointing that when you finally see all the other inmates of the asylum, that they all are also the same alien yeah. race that the doctors yeah, that are was a weird like i was yeah. kind of hoping that you would have like and then there's a big giant blue guy and he's playing with blocks in the corner and then there's like some little weird green guy and he's babbling on but you don't know if it's just his language or crazy talk or who knows like yeah, like that would have been kind of interesting to see
2: they had the opportunity to give us deep space arkham asylum and instead it was mm-hmm. just sort of like these were all the costumes we had this day and it was like oh all right well okay
1: here's the other direction that they could have gone in that I was sort of, uh, surprised that they didn't is that when I, again, going into this episode with just a Netflix episode description, that's it. So I was imagining fully that they were going to go full modern day nineties in the asylum. And they were going to go like, yeah, you're not from whenever the show is set 30, whatever. Um, uh, you're you're from 1993 and you know this is you and uh, yeah there's there's no such thing. I mean space travel hasn't been perfected and blah blah blah. So that was also interesting because I feel like that's a direction you could have gone if you're doing an episode in a sci-fi show uh, about making a character question whether they really are you know who they are mm. mm-hmm. um,
2: I did yeah. I did think though using the narrative jumping off point as like the stage play. And then also setting that the, oh, what if he was real? Um, I did think that was an interesting kind of jumping off point as opposed to like, he just gets off the bridge like, oh, good job, everybody. And he goes to his quarters and then suddenly it's like, he's in a cell. Like, what if he's crazy? Like, I thought that doing that as sort of a bridging point, I thought was actually kind of creepy. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I love. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say I love the way um, that some of the editing choices, like some of the editing tricks we use, because, like, um, Riker will be in the turbo lift in the Enterprise, and, like, the doors open... And the door's open to, like, the hallway in the insane assignment. He's like, whoa, What?" And then he, like, rubs his eyes and, no, no, no. It's it's the hallway to the Enterprise. Or, like, there's a lot of times where he's acting in the set in front of an audience. And he's delivering his lines. And then he turns around and then jump cut to, oh, shit, it's actually the real asylum. Uh, some of that stuff was really effective, I thought.
3: Yes.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with that entirely. And, and that's where we sort of get this selection as the, the frightful episode is that it is it is legitimately spooky Um, at, at points. I thought that, that those are probably the spookiest, you know, quote unquote moments or the moments where he's on the enterprise and then he turns and there's an inmate from the asylum there talking to him. You know, mm. I thought that that was, it, it's, it's tense, you know, it's, 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 it's a thrilling sort of yeah, scenario. I,
2: I wouldn't say it was exactly this, but it definitely gave that, particular like him going down the hallway and then turning and then there's the other uh, inmate and you're like oh no they're not supposed to be on the ship uh that i think was as close as we were going to get to like kubrick shining kind of
0: yeah feeling of
2: like oh god
0: and then you know um and i love that i love that in filmmaking in general when we just have really creative edits uh um to show you know, like w- weird realities merging and like to show that the character is losing his mind.
2: Yeah. Well, um, I was going to say there were elements of the like jumping back and forth that I that kind of lost me, not in terms of I don't understand what's going on, but I was like, okay, I get it. But the one that I really that really like made me go, oh shit, was towards the end before he gets to the lawnmower man part Um where everything just is CGI quack, 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 quack and keeps like breaking apart yeah. um, mm-hmm. but when he's on he's in he's in medical and mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Crusher is done fucking the ghost and she's like oh you got this weird like cut <laughs> in your head let me zap that back together and he's like okay cool and then like they're all talking like yeah it was really scary you were gone for a minute and then like his head starts bleeding again he's like oh my god and then it starts to unravel. Like this isn't real. Like that. I of all the this isn't real moments of that episode, I thought the one in the med bay was really cool. And then when he's like, "Oh, I've got the the phaser," and they're like, "Yeah, but you don't want to shoot your captain." That's gonna. Be, what if it's real? Then you're gonna be super fucked. He's like, "You're right. I'll shoot myself in the chest." And then like quack 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 quack. Like, but just the lead up to that was very good in terms of that relief of like, "Oh, he's back home," and then like, what if, what if he's not?" Like that. I thought was really good however my absolute favorite part of this episode bar none without question is towards the end when he's back on the 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 stage and the one remaining moon-faced guy which sounds racist when we all say it is like (laughs) we could save you just stop being an asshole and then Riker like shoves him a little and then the audience just starts applauding (laughs) I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the greatest fucking scene the show's ever had. Of him just being like, fuck you, you booger. And the crowd's like, yay! Like, everybody's just a brother. And then applauds louder the more he pushes him. I was like, this is awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was really Very good. good.
2: Um, the other thing I thought was funny was they clearly had the idea of like, oh, well, we have to make Riker look crazy. Uh, Riker has kind of shortish, sort of like poofy hair. It's not really... Don't I mean, look crazy. I don't know. Kind of give them bed head, I guess. Like that was like their big answer. To, like <laughs> yeah. he looks crazy. I'm like, I just roll out of bed. It's no big deal. Like whatever. I mean, I feel out?
1: like that is truly '90s crazy. You know, a crazy person doesn't know how to do their hair. That's true. Come on. Um, I, I genuinely am fascinated by the idea of just. Staging a play on the Enterprise. I want a whole episode of just Crusher holding auditions. You know, b- bringing in Worf, and he's like, oh, You've got me on a ship of crazy people. And she's like, Nah, this sucks. Next. And then he's all like mad when she puts up the cast list, and he's like, God damn it. I thought I nailed that. T-
0: Tian, I've got good news for you. There is a lot of Star Trek The Next Generation that either deals with like p- plays. There's a lot of, like, data trying to figure out how to act. Uh, there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of let's go to what is known as the deck in Star Trek, uh, which is basically you walk into this room, and then uh, just any anything that you can f- describe to the computer is then, you know, projected all around the room. And, you know, because you have, like, force fields and holograms, then you can grab the thing. So it it's basically... Uh, Yeah, they go into the holodeck and then the writers just have a field day and, you know, they go to fucking western towns and just any kind of crazy bullshit. And this is carried over into DS9 as well. There's a lot of acting and just general shenanigans on the holodeck. Well,
2: and the the giant meme of that is, you know, so let's just say it's an episode where Picard's like, I'm bored and I'm going to go pretend to be a noir detective. And so, okay, that's going to be the episode. But when he goes in the holodeck and is like, "Mm, pull up the noir detective program, and it's like, okay, and it like, wham, and he's in like a nice suit, he's got the the fedora and all that good shit, but then always somebody like, whoops, and they spill a cup of coffee on the machine, it's like, "Uh uh-oh, the danger's real, and so then Picard like gets shot in the arm, and he's like, oh my god, and then (laughs) if if you die in the game, you die for real. Yeah, we can't just go to the holodeck to have
0: fun. It's always got to be somebody spilled coffee, and now the safety protocols are off, and we got to
2: raise the stakes, because if he dies in the holodeck, he dies for real. They got to stop that bringing coffee holidays. in the holodeck operation room. No joke. Exactly. No joke. That's that... literally every fucking time they go in the holodeck.
0: I want to like get out an Excel spreadsheet and chart the number of holodeck episodes and the number of times the safety protocols fail in the holodeck. Like g- never if you if 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 you're a character in Star Trek the Next Generation never fucking go to the holodeck. It is the most dangerous place on the ship.
1: Yeah, even if <laughs> Let it's Let me like, ask is is there at least one episode where something crazy is happening and then the reveal at the end of the episode is it was it just the holodeck? Uh
2: There has to be. I can't imagine there's
0: yeah, not. Probably. There has to be. Uh, well, there was a similar, actually, there's another Riker episode where, um, I don't think it was the reveal that was on a holodeck, but it was sort of a similar reveal where it was like, oh... This alien is just implanting memories in your brain or something like that. I I, I don't think it was actually the holodeck, though. Oh! <laughs> oh my God. There's a great episode.
2: Oh <laughs> Jesus. He's I lost his a mind. Great no, a ghost just I... fucked him up the ass, and now he's never felt <laughs> such bliss.
0: Jesus. There's a great episode. Here's the conceit of the episode. They go, and I, I want to say... I can't remember. I want to say it. they go to a planet... And there's actually native. It's like a, a planet of Native American oh Indians. Oh boy! Yeah, no. a- already, already like oh boy. And the thing is, like, um, there's like an alien who's like attacking the planet, and um, uh, he's like, oh, we got we got to evacuate these people, and it's like, oh, but they're like they're like a primitive culture. We can't because of the prime directive, which is like the prime directive in Star Trek is dumb. It's basically uh, you know we're so advanced as a, as a society we got all these spaceships and technology and bullshit we can't interfere with a less developed culture who does not have all these space travels and whatever because if you introduce technology too soon into the culture you know whatever I don't know it's dumb so basically due to the prime directive they're like oh we, we can't we can't tell these people that there's an alien attack and we can't evacuate them because that would violate the prime directive so they beam them onto the holodeck and then they're like simulating this program of like oh they're still on their planet while well, meanwhile the enterprise is like booking it to like a similar ass planet to, to relocate these people anyway totally bizarre um and i realized that we've gotten way way out of frame of mind so to bring it back to frame of mind the the one thing i i really like this episode on the whole which is why i recommended that we watch it um the one thing that doesn't really work for me is the ending oh, same. of oh the episode. Oh, same! Oh my god, same. Yeah. Okay, good. Because it's like, oh, uh, what's real? You know, is is he on the Enterprise?
2: Is he in the insane asylum? What's real? Who knows? He's going back and forth. And what's the solution? How does he figure out? Uh, he just wakes up. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I did like that he didn't even get the cool James Bond, like, jump off the table and kick everybody's ass. He was like wait a fucking minute. And he wakes up and he pulls the thing out of his head and he jumps off the table and immediately calls for home and he goes, Mom, Dad, take me home. The kids are drinking. (laughs) And then they fucking... (laughs)
1: Zoop him back up.
2: And, and and that's the end. I
0: was like, okay, I guess that's the solution, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I thought that that was very awkward. Um, that they're like, oh yeah, man, yeah, you get yeah, to yeah. see this guy like really take his revenge on uh, this guy who's been like just warping his mind and trying to literally destroy his long-term memories. And he's literally like, all right, buddy, time for an ass whooping. Just kidding, I'm out. Boop! I thought for a second he was going to
2: beam him with him. Like, I thought he was going to be like, I'm kicking the (laughs) shit out of you on our ship. But no, he's just like, I'm going to get the fuck out of there. I'm going to bring in the whole
1: audience from that play. And instead of watching the play, they're just going to watch me beat your ass.
2: (laughs) And applaud wildly.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and the scene where he beams out, like, goes on for, like, a beat too long, because, like, the alien is still walking around, and they're, like, looking disappointed. It's like, what? Why is the camera still here? Like, the character we care about is It is, is a gone. little weird well, that he like, had to
1: see him go all oh, shocked. He, he does! Yeah, he yeah, goes, yeah. like, damn! Damn it! And I'm like, <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, c- clearly the writers came up with a fascinating premise of, you know, hey, right w- 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 we can have a, a play on the enterprise and the play is real. And you know, Riker's losing his mind and realities are warping, but what's the solution? I don't know. Yeah. It, c- clearly the writers did not come up with an it, interesting playoff, uh, payoff payoff. Well, like, like
2: I said, previously, it felt like this could have been a two parter episode and we could have expanded on things. Yeah. Cause I, it really did feel to me, I didn't even blame the writers for like, Ooh, you shit the bed. It really just felt like, Holy shit! He's like breaking through the fucking programming. Oh my god! And then it was just like, and we're out of time. So we're just gonna beam him home. And fuck you guys. And that that's just how it ended. Um, now Tien, I I don't remember the exact thing, but there was definitely a Batman comic that dealt with something similar to this, wasn't there?
1: Uh, in terms of Batman being in Arkham Asylum no, 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 and no, no, no. them there trying was, to
2: there was a Grant Morrison story where somebody had like hacked batman's brain and they were like digging in and digging in and like trying to find something like maybe who bruce wayne i don't know they were trying to find something
1: you are not talking about r.i.p are you i don't remember
2: but it, but they dig in deep enough and then there's like a secret protocol that batman put in his brain that made it like uh oh you unleashed the fucking super batman
1: and he's, and that's the woman that's like the purple and yellow yes. suit, right? Yes. That is, that is Batman. I, All right. All yeah. right. I didn't
2: remember that, but yes, yeah, 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 I was kind of thinking that's where this was going to go. That like when Riker's like blasting through the realities with the phaser, that it was going to end up with he's him Batman. being like absolutely feral by the end of it. And it was going to be like, Oh God, now what?
1: <laughs> he's going to like just rip off the guy's arms and legs. Exactly. On he stage just kind of becomes war. Picard and everybody. Yeah, exactly. Just spraying the blood in the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, uh, I mean, unless you guys have any final thoughts about this episode,
2: well, my be. only question for James being our grand poo of Star Trek here is, in your opinion, is this about as scary as it could get on this show? Like, is there? There's not really yes. any episodes with like jump scares and things along those lines. This is a. It's more of a thriller <sighs> kind of thing.
0: Yeah, the, Star Trek doesn't uh, usually usually. Doesn't even attempt to do scary that often, so there's not that many like quote unquote scary episodes of Star Trek. And usually, when they do try to do scary, it ends up being like really cheesy or campy. So yeah, this one is it's really more of like a thriller than it is like you know something scary. But uh, all of the all of the like scary attempts of Star Trek are usually just kind of like this is stupid. Um, but I, yeah, I ended up picking this one. There was a couple episodes I was bouncing between for the scary one, but I ended up picking this one just because I remembered liking the idea of, um, you know, R- R- Riker's realities warping together uh, as he's bouncing between the play, the insane Asylum, and the Enterprise.
2: Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Like I said, it was a super interesting uh, episode. I'm super glad to hear that Tien enjoyed it so much. Um, I didn't really realize as I was watching it that it was sort of tailor-made for him. Um but uh, but yeah, it was it was certainly very interesting and and a great opportunity to see Riker really kind of expand more so than just cool. Although hilariously enough, at the very end when they're like just kind of backtracking and explaining what happened, that he's just like sitting cool, calm, and collected, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, they he's got, like uh, a huge shit eating grit.
0: Like why is he so happy? Yeah, they fucking <laughs> jumped me in an
2: alley and uh, strapped something to my brain and fucked me up for about three ages it was pretty (laughs) wild he's
0: just fucking smiling in that chair just like yeah
2: yeah
1: i I mean it it, and the and the throwaway line at the end of you know captain's log and crusher has uh put her magic ray on his his her space ray on his brain and all of his long-term memories are back to normal good old Good old Riker, he's back to normal. No no issues here. <laughs> no repercussions uh, no. It, that uh, we'll bring up at a later date whatsoever. <laughs> it makes me wonder how often the show does do that, that they go like... Very, any...
2: very
0: often. <laughs> Anyways, Crusher fixed, fixed to everything
1: to nor- that went wrong. <laughs>
2: like, off-screen, <laughs> yeah. Crusher yeah. fixed it, and then Jordy fixed the mechanical stuff, and the ship's fine.
0: Something absolutely life-altering and horrific happened, and it's all back to normal. No repercussions or long-term memory. Mental issues it's all back to normal what if it
2: wasn't though like what if from that point <laughs> I w- for yes. the rest of season yeah. 7 every time they're like well we're gonna venture on this new planet and full of new life forms and who knows what we'll discover what if Crusher was like hey you think they got any ghosts down there you know Ghosts, and they're like, "Will you shut the fuck up?" Just making references to other episodes, yeah, yeah.
1: And then anytime like uh, uh, an acting or a play is mentioned, Riker, he's just like, ah!
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Well, Riker's got the brain scrambles, so don't uh, don't talk uh, yeah. about Shakespeare in front of him or yeah, no shit on the there, floor.
0: There's an episode. There's an episode. There's an episode of Next Gen where like Picard, uh, whatever, encounters a space relic, and he has to like live out an entire lifetime on a different planet. How does that not fuck you up for the rest of your life that oh you've lived a life? And then even worse in in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, um, Chief O'Brien, who was also on Next Generation, uh, Chief O'Brien lives out the rest. He lives like thirty years in like a mental prison. And he just serves, like, 30 mental years. Like, it's just mentally, you're just in prison for 30 years. How does that not destroy you as a person? Like, and then just next episode, eh, everything's back to normal.
2: Well, what they they don't show you is that, like, for two weeks after the first episode we talked about, Picard kept trying to slip in Darmok and Jalad. And they were like, (laughs) shut up.
1: Like, like they were like, we get it. You had a wonderful experience. <laughs> They're like, you're oh, a we've part got... of an alien culture forever. W-
2: Who gives a fuck? We're having uh, space peanut butter and jelly in the commissary. Date peanut butter and jelly, the Domac Angelad of sandwich. Shut up, <laughs> shut up. You went abroad for a day. Fuck you.
1: Yeah.
3: Well,
0: all right, uh, Tien. Yeah, yeah, just, Tien. Just, you, you've now you've now seen. I'm I'm guessing a grand total of three episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation. I want to know first of all, what are your thoughts on on the series as a whole, as experienced through three episodes? And are you inclined at all to keep going, watch more episodes? Sure.
1: Well, and first, just to give a slight bookend about frame of mind. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, uh, first, let me ask. What is horror? Is it a scary alien or monster that could beat you up? Or is it the unknown? To not know what is real and what is fantasy. And also, you know how I know Commander Riker isn't cut out for acting? Because no actor ever has volunteered to strike the set. That is That's peasant true. work, <laughs> and you <laughs> gotta be doing Coke in the dressing room. You got Coke to do. Um, But yeah, okay, so back to your question, James. Um, Overall, I think that the show was a lot more impressive than I perhaps thought it was going to be. I, I feel like I... Before going in, I felt as if I was going to be just really bogged down, as if I'm really coming in on something that feels like an inside joke that I'm not really welcome to because like, oh, well, you haven't watched all the 60s episodes, have you? Yeah, You, you haven't read all of the, you know, amazing work of, you know, all the uh, science uh, authors that inspired Gene Roddenberry and yada yada. And I'm, I'm sure that there would be more appreciation with that. But it didn't feel exclusionary at all. It felt very welcoming, very like, you know, here's the human element that we're introducing in this episode. How can you as a viewer relate to it? And, you know, here's, look at these wacky aliens as well. Um, So, overall, I generally was very impressed. Um, I like that it's a show that uh, isn't, like, it, it, it isn't obnoxious, like a lot of, like, bright, jangling you know dangling keys sort of shows um it's it's not flashing lights and explosions it's not anything like the movies that i saw the chris pine movies not, not,
0: not even close right
1: um it's almost like a show that you could just kind of put on at bedtime like well let's throw on some next generation you know it's there's there's an element of sort of relaxation like almost <laughs> ASMR to exactly it That is
0: exactly what my wife and I do we just like oh, what do you want to watch i don't know fucking star trek let's do it and then yeah that's it's a great show to just have on as you fall asleep
1: Right right um i i enjoyed it quite a bit and 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 to answer your the second part of your question i think it is something that i would probably revisit more of watch more episodes start at season 3 like you recommended and mm-hmm. and just sort of blast get- through it and, and just see how how I feel
0: G- get yourself a watch guide just google like Star Trek TNG watch guide and you know whatever episodes they recommend watch those
2: uh for That's... being someone who was 50/50 on it this actually inspired me to watch more of it Whoa! because like I said I've seen bits and pieces obviously I I trudged through seasons 1 and 2 um, but like everything yeah, else is just I sort exposed of exposed
0: you to the absolute worst. Yes. <laughs> You've seen all the dog shit episodes. Um, that,
2: that's how I prefer all of my media. Um, but uh, this this <laughs> certainly interested me into seeing like uh, let me see what else do you have to offer because this was a great variety of of ideas and um, a good showcasing of different actors. Like you know they weren't all like the open card episodes. Like there was uh, some good focal points. So James overall great choices. Um, still, fuck you Thank for you. boner Thank ghost, you. but everything else, excellent choices <laughs> yeah. across the board. <laughs> well, it was a great I choice.
0: Love- as was
1: a bad episode for sure.
0: I love, I love how shitty that episode yeah. is.
1: So overall, um, I think this was a grand success, and I look forward to our next television show here, gentlemen.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, so, uh, James, quick pluggable. If you want to throw something in your butthole and tell people where they can find you uh, when you're not discussing. Uh, TV shows with us?
0: When I'm not discussing discussing TV shows with the
2: three of you,
0: three I am discussing video game. <laughs> I can't count. When I'm not discussing TV shows with the there two you of you. He meant Ronan.
1: I'm, Ronan is awesome. <laughs> you, I'm also
2: judging you. TV shows.
0: T- Zach, Tien, and Ronan, my new lover. <laughs> I found out he fucked my father
1: <laughs> and
0: my grandfather.
1: Well, you better get on that dick before it's out the door. Who was mm, Well, it seems I that mean, the wolf men have quite the libido. And
2: <laughs> scene. That's the whole episode. <laughs> no, when I'm not
0: watching uh, TV shows with you, TN, and Ronan, I am uh, hosting a podcast on video games with uh, Zach. Um, now, you, we just started uh, doing it. Uh, our... our 91st episode of the podcast but the first episode with just myself and zach hosting and uh so it's a, it's a good you know starting point because we we were rotating hosts around uh just just dropped and we discussed zach's we alluded to it a little bit in this episode we discussed zach's mobile gaming addiction uh we have an episode on marvel strike force um, but yeah, just a uh, gaming podcast. We just discuss video games and
2: um, it's called the Good Games don't Podcast. Don't just Google I forgot to Don't even... just Google gaming podcast. It's not it's
0: not quite that. <laughs> I forgot I fundamentally failed at endorsing I forgot to even it's say. It's called the, name the, of the, the
1: Good James Podcast. That's like, what we're good, gonna change the, it to.
0: Games. Good games podcast. Good games podcast. Good games
1: and, with uh, Zach and James.
2: That's what we're gonna call it.
1: Yeah, good games that... with James and James. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Good games with Bartles
2: and James. Uh, it's only James and James, wine James coolers for the James. And, board
1: games. <laughs> um, and then on, on our end, Frightful Failures, of course, um, I am so sorry, dear listener, but you have actually unknowingly... Uh, signed a contract here with us because if you not just laughed but even exhaled through your nose chuckled slightly at any point during this episode then unfortunately you owe us a like, a comment, a subscription and even telling someone you know in real life about this podcast and if you don't do that then Ronan is going to turn into a fart and fly into your vagina or your your bussy uh, while you're sleeping oh, next no. week so uh, please, please do that and, uh, Zach, uh, anything we can throw you to as well? Uh, just
2: uh, if you're a weird hipster who loves old dead media like we are, uh, go to uh, search for Brainbuster Video. Uh, you can Google it or go on Etsy or on social media. Uh, we are slinging VHS tapes, and there's a little project. Uh, that has been in development with Tien and myself that's going to be on tape here shortly. So make sure you keep your eyeballs peeled and your wallets open and buy yourself a VHS tape in the year
1: of our Lord 2022. Excellent. Well, uh, again, thank you, James, for joining us. And I look forward to hopefully more episodes of this uh, series. Hell yeah.
2: Well, for everyone listening, for everyone who's now subscribed because this is the most entertaining show you've ever fucking heard, and don't let anyone tell you differently. So we have all that on behalf of James and Tian. I'm of course Zach. Thank you so much for listening to Frightful Fears presents the Good, the Bad, the Frightful. Continue circulating the tapes. Also, Truth Time, gentlemen. Uh, I watched the wrong episode.
1: <laughs> which, which? What?
2: I uh, guess, James, you want to give us another countdown?
1: Oh, yeah, sure. I've been recording um, this whole time, but...
2: Well, so insane. have I, but I don't know. I thought maybe you'd want a fucking starting That's point.
1: That's fine. Let's do it again. All right.
0: Three, two, one, zero. Go. Oh, God oh, damn God. it. Jesus right. well, Christ. What? <laughs> well, I said zero and Zach said go. Oh,
1: my God. Well,
2: why did you become our Jewish, like, grandpa? Like,
1: after James and I were like, oh, God, you go, What? what what happened boys why are you fighting (laughs) you're
2: unlocking a core memory in my fucking middle school brain from adam (laughs) sandler albums anyway all right guys two people are dead and i don't think the serial killer is gonna stop until we find them
0: oh dude i love that game
2: But Booby, Booby, you can't, you can't cut off my line before the setup is there. I didn't get to Among Us. For I love you to the say game. Find them. Game. All
1: right, never mind. See, that's I told the you I at the end of the episode.
0: I'm bad. All right, here we go. All so, right. Now,
2: that's the end. I feel like that's it. That's the end of the bit. And then we start again <laughs> after the show, like after the next episode, we try it again. <laughs>
1: let's just try again to get this <laughs> okay. uh, James, you're on thin ice,
0: buddy <laughs> alright, alright, alright I'm really trying, alright, here we go All right. I knew Ange- Angelina Jolie was the bad guy,
1: you wanna take that again?
0: oh uh, no sorry, I meant <laughs>
3: Maleficent <laughs> I meant
2: you want to take that again? Uh, uh no. no, I nailed it the first I time. I think it was Fuck perfect
1: no. the first time.
3: No,
0: you can try no. it again. Uh, <laughs> sheesh, told you she was sh- 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 a little. Uh. Sheesh, sheesh, sheesh.
3: <laughs> start like Fuck this. Me. Sheesh,
0: I, 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 all the kids say it that way, right? That's what, true, what is Dad? that? Yeah, is that a meme? True, is that true. a meme? D- d- meme? Is this is a may may <clears throat>
2: Sheesh! Told you she was shut.
1: Fuck! You gave me. You gave me a. You fucking... really did
2: fuck him on this.
1: You really did. fuck Say him. something other than sheesh. Then say geez. Say oh good. Good golly! I don't care. Say the n word. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he said anything. <laughs>